Mike, turn your games down. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a very, very special episode of Game My Mom Found, episode 150. I am Mike Elverton. That's too many. <laughs> the funny thing is, there's so many more recorded than that number, but it's 150 weeks <laughs> the show has been going, and I have not missed a single episode or missed a week. So I will pat myself on the back. Nice. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I am Mike Helberton, and who's ruining the world with me tonight? Fresh off the Phantom Trains, Michael K. Hughes. Fresh off back surgery and high on pain medicine, Blake Anglin. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you guys for joining us, for joining me, because otherwise I this would have been harder. Yeah, I'd rather be on the Phantom Train. Congrats, guys. That's that's pretty impressive stuff there. It is, and it's been <laughs> it's so humble too. <laughs> no i'm there's no humble when it comes to the show i've learned if i'm you have to like i went to i was up in random northern wisconsin and i went by like a i was at some grocery store and they had a board i'm like damn i wish i had flyers on me i could have put one right here i'll never be here again (laughs) wherever the fuck i was to be like those those actors that always have headshots on them you're just gonna pull one out of your wallet (laughs) he's always gonna have one on hand i had i had flyers in the car when they got wet at one point so then they got ruined yeah what I need to get around doing that again. I love it. Just throw it out randomly, like at checkout. Like your total seventeen fifty. Thanks. I have a podcast, one hundred fifty episodes. And just leave. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking what was? <laughs> oh, I was trying to explain it to drunk people this weekend about what what I do. We're like, what? <laughs> uh, I have talk a about video games. Yeah, and other stuff, but yes, mostly video games and my life. Like what happened, we'll be talking about in a different episode at some point, but not now. Yeah. We only have limited time. So <laughs> we are here to talk about Final Fantasy VI, which I played the GBA version, but the, I'm going to at least have the Wikipedia. It came out, the original Super Nintendo version came out in 1994. And also oh, came you made Final Fantasy III. Yes, but it's actually VI, <laughs> so we're going to call it VI. But yes, it also came out on PlayStation 1 as Final Fantasy. I think then it actually was called VI on the PlayStation 1, and the GBA version yeah. is also called VI. And there's also a Steam version and a mobile version of this game also. Mike, do you want to explain real quick why it's 3 for anyone who may not know? Sure, because the original Final Fantasy was on NES. They skipped the re- the real 2 and 3 in Japan. They never brought them from Japan to America. And then Final Fantasy 4, which was what we called Final Fantasy 2 for the Super Nintendo, they fucked everything up with all the names. So here we are. That's pretty much it. <laughs> they fucked yep. it all up. Nailed it. That's the best way to put Square. it. Square. Like, no, they can't handle these good Final Fantasy games. Here's Mystic Quest. I miss, I always thought Mystic Quest is a good game, man. I will die on <laughs> I that. I, I just, I just want to jam that knife in there real quick. It's a game. It's it's a it's a video game. It is a game. Actually yeah. speaking. It's a good game. It's a really good RPG, especially <laughs> you play with time two speed. It's a really good game. Times ten would be even It's better. got great music. That's not why we're here. So six, I had been wanting to put this on the show. For a long fucking time, but it's a 30, I mean, it's like a 30 some hour game. So I was like very not, didn't, it was hard for me to put it on here. I had to make it like, you know, something special to put it on to make anyone suffer with me. And <laughs> I've been trying to get this on forever. But so I played, as I said, I played the Game Boy Advance version, which has some additions that we'll talk about at the end of this episode. I'm like, what version did you play? Also the GBA version. Neither of us played on a GBA, though. We should put that. <laughs> yeah, well, I could have. I own it. I couldn't know. It's just not as convenient. What about you, Blake? So I really wish I would have played the GB. I've I've never done the extra content. I just played the base uh, Super Nintendo version. Okay. You damn. What's wrong with that? You don't need the, the, the extra content is not worth it. 
in any shape or form. It's worse than the seats than the Chrono Trigger extra stuff they added. Like, and they renamed I, pretty much everything. All the items are completely different names and all the blitzes and all that stuff. So yes. It makes uh, it hard to search for any particular thing. So I know um, what, what some of the differences. There's obviously, there's an extra dungeon, extra super boss. Uh, what else are we working with there? There's two extra dungeons, but one's a Coliseum-like thing where you just go through 120 levels of death and pain and suffering. <laughs> and you get a crown that does absolutely nothing. Bragging rights. Now you can oh, say uh, that yeah. you did that. Yeah. That's a good Who's the la- what's, the, what's the last boss of your uh, your, your tower? Of the dragon that you just got done beating earlier to get to unlock the tower. You fight the same boss that you fought earlier, but this time you fight all 10 extra dragon fights, one after another after another, and then you fight the big dragon without having without having the time to heal or do anything. I mean, other than healing in battle, it's just one battle after another, and then you get a crown that does nothing. So, uh, okay, so do you want to talk about that extra content now, or like save it? Later? Sure, since we're already there, I was going to say it, but it doesn't matter. And there will be spoilers for FF6, a game that came out you know over 20 years ago. <laughs> so was it, Almost was it 30. nice at all? Yeah, well, it's it's... Was it nice, like having something to push the combat mechanics kind of to their extreme, or does it just not really add anything, in your opinion? Because of my current situation, where I was playing said game, I was okay with it because I was playing on my phone. I just played when I had downtime throughout my life. Let's just say, in that case, it was fine. But it it's the so the extra dungeon you get is after you end up going to the end of the game in in World of Rooms. We'll talk about way more in depth later in this episode. You fight these dragons. Once you beat all the dragons, you unlock the secret dungeon. The problem with the secret dungeon is you have to split into three parties, just like you do with Geefka's Tower, which we'll talk about later. And there isn't a set path for these for the, each team. They they all set they all start in the same spot, and you have to use them to step on switches that will activate platforms or make rocks appear so they can jump across these rocks. And you have to then take the three teams and walk around and fight ten different dragons that will unlock other doors that are sealed by little stars until you beat the dragon. You have to figure out where to go. And it's just a pain in the ass. And I was 99 for almost everybody on my team. And I was still having a hard time with some of the brand of battles. Like, they were still not that simple as they should have been at 99. And the boss battles were tough as hell. You do get really good equipment, though, for doing them all. Like, you get stuff that you don't get normally in the games. You get the best equipment for people. Like, I got Gogo's best weapon in the game, which I never used, but I got it. So you get <laughs> stuff like that. So I have one very, very important question, actually, for you. Sure. Did, did did you say Kifka and have I been wrong my entire life? <laughs> I always thought it too. I was like, so we talked about this in the Chrono Triggers. These old ass games, everyone has a different way to pronounce things. But yeah, yeah okay. I caught I, that one. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's something that I you just heard or if that's just what you read, you know. That's what my like, brain. In, in your, that's what you went to. OK. And that's where it, it never yeah. will change at this point. I've always, I just always Kefka. been Kefka's was my assumption. Yeah. Yeah. So after you you That's you right. go there, you beat the whole dungeon, which took me it take it took me a while to get through a couple of days of playing back and forth. I finally put a cheat code on to just finish the. I didn't. I did eight or seven of the nine dragons or ten dragons, and then I had to go back in there again because I I left. I thought I was stuck. I wasn't. I just didn't realize how dumb thing I had to do. And then I just put on a cheat code. So I had no more random battles and finished the dungeon because I was just done with it. I mean, also the random battle rate is higher than it is normally. Oh, wow. It's already fairly high, too. Yes, and I had ward bangles on, too, but they didn't... Yeah, it was. it's it's a ridiculous what they do to you in this place. And you beat all these dragons, you get good equipment. Some of the fights are ridiculously hard. Like, there's that one fight you can't hurt the guy. You just have to last him until he kills himself. Uh, one fight, you have to drain all his MP. Otherwise, he has a single MP. He will revive himself over and over and over again. The game oh, is wow. Like, That's fun. I mean, I mean, I would have known it wasn't for the fact that internet, but there's little things like that. Like, it's just a very challenging and the final boss fight in the dungeon 
wasn't that like it was long, but it's because I was doing it wrong. And then I had when I fought him the second time in the in the Coliseum, he wasn't so bad. And then after you do that, after you beat the dungeon, you can go back in the dungeon and you fight one more boss that spawned at the end of the dungeon that gives you absolutely nothing for killing Ultima Weapon. You don't even get an item; you get nothing. Okay, yeah, that sounds pretty tedious. Honestly, it's not worth. If it wasn't for the fact that I just wanted, since I will never do this again in my life, I just wanted to complete the game. Like the completionist for some insane reason, and <laughs> I'm done. Fair enough. Okay. I had fourteen of the sixteen people at ninety nine, and or or seventeen people. I had almost everyone ninety nine except for Gaul, Realm, and Umaro. And Umaro was close. Realm was getting close, and Gaul I didn't give a shit about. So he's a complicated character. I don't like. <laughs> him. Yeah, he's fine. yeah. That's my default. I don't. I don't. He's he's one of the two I leave on the bench for the uh, final assault. We'll talk about that later. I assure. Yes. So now that we got the extra content out of the way, <laughs> let's go back to the beginning of the game. <laughs> oh, but the, the, also before I, since I'm jumping around anyway, there are four new experts they added in the game too, in the GBA version, which is in, hmm? okay. Any of the spells like or giant yeah. cactar, Gilgamesh, Leviathan, and Diablos. You don't get Diablos till you kill the Kaiser Dragon. Go through the whole secret dungeon to get Diablos. I don't think there are any new spells attached to them. I think they were like higher There's rates of spell the better the spells. There is. It's essentially, it's called Gravija, so it's just the second version of Gravity. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's not worth it. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that place sounds a little tedious, kind of, overall. It was. It, it's just, I will never do this again, so I took advantage of the one time in my life where I was willing to go through this shit. <laughs> right. I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Get I mean, it out the way. For professional reasons. <laughs> I wanted to report about it, and this was this gave me an opening to be able to blast about it, so I wanted to do it once and for all. Nice. I will never do it again, and I don't recommend uh, I'm it. Gl- I, I'm glad I could just vicariously that I don't have to do it now, I feel no, like. No, I don't recommend it. It, it's, it, was yeah. terrible. it was a miserable dungeon, and it wasn't for the fact that I had downtime and I couldn't do anything else. It was, yeah, not worth it. Fair. All right. Uh, we should, let's go back to the beginning of this game. <laughs> <laughs> So I will still say that the intro to FF6 never gets old. I don't so watch good. it, but I mean, just the way that this game starts is always amazing. Just so good. the graphics of the Super Nintendo. Most of them, baby. Like, I mean, the fact that you start off as a character, you don't know who she is. She doesn't know who she is. And you're just walking with the credits rolling and the music playing. Very cinematic. Yeah, definitely. Like it starts certainly for the time, but even now, I mean, it just totally holds up. Yeah, I mean, and like everything with it, like you just see them on the mountain cliff, and they're like, "Yeah, we got to go to this town, and they're not gonna like us." And the game gives you a little bit of like what's going on in the magical war that some foreshadowing there. Too. Well, maybe that comes in a little bit. I, I get my order of events, but there's a flashback soon, like right in the very beginning. Yes. Shows uh, if you're paying attention, you can little tidbits there. The music is just so good. Even I play this game mostly in mute for reasons that I don't care to discuss on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all t- all timer soundtrack without a doubt. Oh yeah, for sure. Like it, it's heralded as one of the best Super Nintendo RPGs for a reason. It's the second best in the system. Does everyone have to? We have a favorite track. Can we throw out a favorite track from the from the game? It's tough. I can't even it's remember. The music. I think just Terra. No, Mike likes like your overworld theme is yeah. just a classic for me. Mike, I know you said you like the the Magitech facility. I do for some reason. Yeah, it's real kind of uh, industrial. It's yeah, it's very Donkey Kong Country. This well, one thing I this like... game does so well is the uh, the life motive. You know, like each character having their own theme, uh, music associated with them. It just like 
consistently used to great effect throughout. I'm listening to the it plays in the the auction house. Yeah, the, the, it's called Double Yeah, that one. <laughs> Man, this music is. It's, I'm listening to it right now. It's really damn good. Yeah, it slaps. If I didn't want any copyright, I would have it in the episode right now. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> okay, just everything about this beginning where you don't know who you are and you're playing as this character that is confused and you find out a little bit like, you know, that she was part of the Empire. I think you find out that she's a slave too pretty quickly. Very quickly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. (laughs) She doesn't even know her name when you're controlling her at the beginning. Her name is just four question marks. Not my, I don't think it was in the GBA version. Oh no, you played. Never mind. It is. Yeah. So weeks. Does anyone else find it strange that you you know that slave crown, ostensibly a very powerful tool, is never brought up or mentioned or utilized <laughs> again? That they can control people here and just just like totally hand waved away. Yeah, they should just one... slap one of those on Kefka and been done right, with it. A, a game over. He's in prison at one point. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. He's in a cell. I wouldn't say he's actually. Maybe, not... maybe they just they just had the one. I guess <laughs> they're morally against it. Yeah, I understand why you don't use it because it's a pretty. Well, yeah, sure. Why the Empire didn't have more, I don't. Ethically questionable. And I also never really put together to this playthrough how the Empire is reminding me a lot of Nazi Germany. (laughs) It did. (laughs) Even in the the flashback, they all do the the hand raise and all Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, true. Uh, Yeah, yeah. It's it goes unspoken, but at the beginning, you're basically slaughtering innocent townspeople. Yeah, you're killing guards and you're. With two other of the Imperial Army who are from random names. From Star Wars. It's Star Wars reference. Who don't even make it that long because they get killed by an Esper, which is a magical being after you fight your first boss fight. So They might get killed. With, it's pretty within, ambiguous. They just kind of disappear. Oh, they're dead. Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're fucking dead. Straight to fucking pe- pessimism. I love it. So like within the, the, the framework of the game, I guess the events are basically kicked off by a war in the south of this empire. And so I guess they get news of the Esper, like they've heard Narshi has made a discovery, so they kind of send a detachment. Does that sound accurate? Yeah, it does. I always thought it was strange it was just those three, too. Like, this, an Esper is, should be a pretty big deal to these guys, and they just send, like, one. Well, I feel like they're not that far away, because it isn't a lot of time passes, after the whole, you know, original scene in Narsh where she where she gets, you know, the Esper knocks pretty much knocks her out and they take off the slave crown. Like, it's not that long before they come back. True. Think about it. Like, they weren't yeah, that far fair. away. I, mean, I think they just sent because, again, they only need to send three people with magic armor to this town. Like, they weren't that concerned. They're like a front guard. Yeah. And it was just a rumor. Yeah. I, I just yeah, kind of assumed they were like a scouting party. Yeah, that makes sense. They still love magic, magic armor to this day. It's so damn cool. <laughs> Oh, yeah, for sure. It doesn't look cool anymore. So, cool. A bit of trivia. Do you know how many no, times in the game cool. you get to use the Magitek armor? Twice. Three times. Three times. Three times. As far as I know. Yeah, I didn't remember reusing it in a science dream yeah. later yeah, on in the game. Small I might have never there. done that before. Yeah, <laughs> You don't have to. Yeah. That's the beauty of the world of ruin. You don't really have to do anything if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. You can just be like, hey, I got my four people. Let's go beat the game. Or less. <laughs> Well, no, no. You I think mean, you yeah, four, you only need three. Yeah, is that? Oh, it's true. Yeah, you don't have to get uh, Saban. Yeah, yep. He can just hold that house up for all eternity. Yep. What a Chad. Never knew that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he is uh, not necessary. Okay, we'll have to get more into that. 
And <laughs> it's just, I mean, just beginning, like everything with it, with Tara getting knocked out. And I, I'm always a big, like, I like the part where like with Narsh and this fits more, like makes more sense to me now as I'm older, where, you know, the returners who are like a pretty much a terrorist organization, kind of, but again, the empire is not really their government. So they call them a terrorist organization. The, the empire does. But again, that reminds me a lot of Nazi Germany, but like the whole thing where she gets, you know, they take the crown off and the guy, this guy rescues her and the guards of the city that they just attacked, they want her. And it makes perfect sense. Like, yeah, she's an Imperial army. Even if she's can, even if she was coerced or in this case, you know, had a slave crown on, they don't care. Like we're taking her, she knows. She yeah, they, know just, they just watched her rampage through their yes. city. Like that's yeah. Understandable. <laughs> I get it now. Like, okay, I get it. And, and then you could, and then it's after she runs away and she ends up, you know, falling in that cave. You can introduce to, we, we should talk about Tara a little bit. Because we didn't, we kind of skipped over that. Very the lead. Yeah, but she's not. Yeah. Is any character really the lead of this game? No. <laughs> yeah, I, it is a true ensemble cast, I would say. I mean, she's on the cover, yes, of the GBA version and the yeah. PS1 version. And she's the first character you play as, but like she kind of gets pushed aside pretty early in the story until about that halfway point. Because she leaves. Yeah. For a little bit. And then. And then when you go into the second yeah. half of the game, she's not even with you. Yeah. I mean, you can skip her completely. So it, could be, it could be that character's story or, or Locke's story because he's the most prominent character here right at the beginning. Yeah. That's the one of the beauties of this game, I feel. Yeah. And I love how you don't find out a lot about Terra until later on in the game. Like, she can do magic, but that doesn't mean anything to you at first. Yeah. Or anybody. Well, yeah, only that we know that magic's been extinct from the world for however long. A and thousand years. Something like a nice flat number. Which is strange because there are so many fucking people in this game who use magic and like literally like slam dancers in the town of Zozo, cast and fire too. <laughs> oh like, yeah. I hadn't so, thought about so, that. So many people have access yeah. to magic. Like because like they're monsters, right? Well, I mean they just seem like dancers to me. Mike yeah. is just a profession. Profession of killing. <laughs> I mean, they, seem, they seem human. I love if I'd known I'd get to learn magic, I would have been Trying to be a dancer my whole life. Slam, slam dancing way before this. <laughs> and when you get introduced to Locke, I will never not love this moment where he comes in and he's like, oh, yeah, they're after the girl. And he's like, and you're a, th-. he calls him a thief or something. He's like, I'm a treasure hunter. I have always <laughs> loved that. Treasure hunter Locke. Locke. He is. I like that he finds out way later in the game why he's so insistent on helping these women in distress. Which, again, I don't think I ever did his his side quest later on in the game. You never went and got him back? No, I, I don't remember. I think I've only had I only beaten this game like once or twice before this. It's, it's been a while. I've only beaten it twice. One of, the tougher, one of the tougher ones, I would say, to get back. Oh, yeah, because you have to go through the, the Phoenix Cave? Yeah. yeah. He's meant to be one of the later ones, but he's such a good character in this. And then it's like right when you get him, you also get introduced to a little scenario, which happens a few times where the game makes you split in the tr- into three teams and you get Moogles. I fucking love Moogles. <laughs> I, I do love like that, that, uh, that mechanic, like that splitting your party. Uh, so good. Just like, just different, you know, it just took like RPG um, mechanics and just focused on them in a way that games just hadn't done really before this but one. That- that's what makes this game so good is that it's constantly splitting things up and you're constantly you're on the run. Cause like the first half of this game is you were, you know, or not first half, but the first part of the world of balance is you're on the run from the Imperials. Cause you get Terra, you know, you got to get her out of the cave because Narsh is after her. And you got to leave Narsh. And then you end up going to see your friend who's a king who lives nearby. 
who is part of the returners that you are that Locke is part of that ends up taking Terra. And they want Terra because they want to use Terra because she can do magic. Which I never I don't think I realized as much <laughs> how much that was. Yeah, you, you gotta join the rebels that are fighting against this empire. That sounds like located in a different continent. Yeah, like the spacing and timing of certain events are kind of a little unclear. Yes. Like, why are they so concerned when they're not anywhere nearby? And there's only like 150 people on this planet. I mean, like, what's <laughs> what's the real prize here, guys? Because <laughs> yeah, more concerned happening. about the the waves and waves of monsters that are everywhere. Every time you try to go anywhere, literally, like, clean up Zozo first. All right. <laughs> Then let's talk. And then when you when you get to the Figaro, like I I will, it is still amusing even though like it's pretty like how much of an like womanizer Edgar is. <laughs> I had forgotten a lot of that. It, it comes off borderline. Um, I, I don't think uh, I don't think King Edward would fly in the Me Too era. Let's put it that no, way. No, there's a couple Ooh. comments he makes like when he first meets yeah, you. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, some creepy uh, stuff. We'll get to it. We talk about realm. Okay. And there's some, there's some shit. And, like, there's one comment when you're in Figaro Castle, like, because Kifka or Kefka follows you because he's looking for Terra. And they make comment where they're like, there are more women in here. There's more girls in here. And there are grains of sand out there. You're in a giant desert. I'm just like, <laughs> is there something that's going to come? And you with? don't see, like, any women in the castle. I don't think They're in the so. end. Like, there's two. Okay. There's that's some it. dark implications, I feel like, going on there. I mean, there's an underground castle. He's... So maybe when he said women, hmm, he didn't mean me. <laughs> they're all dead down below. <laughs> <laughs> He's medieval Iron Man. Yeah, I mean, he does use tools, which is his specialty for combat, which are wonderful. They're the best. They're, <laughs> I love them. Oh, yeah, he's a beast, especially early game. Just a monster. Yeah. Like, every character is so different. Like, Locke has the ability to steal. Terra has the ability to use magic when no one else does at this point. Like, And there's such a good scene when you first leave the Figaro yes. Castle. And you, you get the, the castle goes underground, you get chased, and then you end up fighting these magic armor that you just, you know, you were driving, now you're fighting an enemy. And if, if you don't, and it doesn't always happen, I always do it where if you cast a magic spell, Edgar and Locke will stop fighting and go and talk to each other in the middle of the fight. But you can actually trigger that yeah, same scene later. Yeah, it's a little I'm, I'm, vignette in the middle of the fight. I mean, yeah. there's never been anything like it for PGs. Totally. I'm going to try to point these out as we go, but there's a bunch, a bunch of those little scenes that are so easy to miss uh, in this game. And it's it's one of my favorite little trivia tidbits. It makes so good, and in like, such a like you know, especially early part, such a journey where you just travel from place to place to place. Like you just keep going as things happen. Like you go to South Figaro because now you're looking, you're trying to get the return, but you're also starting the story of looking for Edgar's brother. That you can you can miss information about him and naming him if you didn't talk to a certain NPC in the castle. No, that well, you have to do that. Oh, you um, have to. Never mind. I thought you could miss yeah, him. Yeah, you have to name him before you could move on. Okay. Yeah, that that's that locks in there. I think you can miss. I thought you can miss something. Maybe I'm just hallucinating. There's a few extra scenes coming up that we can talk about, but uh, but yeah, that one is mandatory. And then in South of Carl, there's a dumbass scene that I have to mention. It's not as dumb in the new version, but in the original version. So you go in, if you go into a bar, you'll meet a future character Shadow, which is a ninja <laughs> that joins you. That can his special, but he can throw stuff. But he didn't join you at this point. He joins you way later on in the game. But the original SNES dialogue was he slit his mother's throat for a nickel. And they just kind do? of throw that out there. Yeah, I think it's. Is it, <laughs> does it change or is it? I feel like it was Edgar in my game that just kind of casually throws that line in there. I think it's Edgar. I can't remember. Yeah, it's Edgar. Which, I don't think I talked to him at this point. I I do, but the line's better in the GBA version. Something about he's an assassin for the Empire. Don't talk to him. Like he'll kill you I, for the Empire. 
I, I prefer the original, I think. I mean, it's stupid, yeah. especially you win. <laughs> just silly. Yeah. The dumbest, like a nickel? Like, come on now. Which is because there doesn't appear to be nickels or dimes or dollars. In nope, this. it's all kill. <laughs> for a nickel. What the hell's a nickel? <laughs> uh, Figueroan currency. Imperial money. Another piece of trivia, if uh, if Edgar is your lead party member, you get a discount in Figaro. Oh, yeah. I've never known that. They don't charge the king yeah, full guys, price there. It's like, I can't, I can't charge the king. It's like, you got a family to feed. Just take money. Yeah, just just give me half off, though, because I am the king. <laughs> I never knew they did that. I, he, Locke is always first person for me because Locke is the best character in the game, so he has to be first. I love what? Sprite Locke. He really rocks the gun <laughs> when, when, he, uh, when he jaunts around. I, I love Locke. Like you mean just you mean just as a character, right? Not like in combat. Well, combat he sucks. He's not I use super, him anyway all the time. He, he's not good in combat. He's just the thief character. He does he's have some things that I like. Um, he's ninety nine. He's just fine. Oh yeah, everyone's good in this game when you throw aspers on him for a minute. Yeah, there's there's so he can uh, you can he can steal obviously, and later on you get the ability to change that to capture, which is basically mug from later Final Fantasy games. And he can do this with um, certain weapons that use MP for like critical hits. He can utilize those abilities with his mug, but not uh, take the MP away from him. Well, that's so, cool. Yeah, nice little... Uh, yeah, what, what I did was throw a Genji glove on him so he can equip two weapons and then give him two thieves' knives. So every time he attacks, he attacks twice with the chance to steal each time. That's Pro cool. strat. But unfortunately, Absolutely. my Genji glove goes to saving. Then you throw the the gem box on them, or not the gem box, the offering, yeah. or the yeah. master scroll. Man, they change yeah, all these yeah, names. Yeah. <laughs> it's so confusing. I like well, the I blitzes to too much, so I would always blitz with the uh, with Saban. Well, Saban is so after you go to Salfagar, you go to Mount Colts. Which when I first played this game as a kid and I rented it, we could not beat the boss fight with Saban for the life of me. Me and my dad could not yeah. figure it out. It's one of the few Marcus times I got a dick. I always grind before, right before Mount Colts. That's like the only, only early game grinding that's really necessary, I think. We couldn't beat him, not because we weren't level, because we couldn't figure out how to play left, right, left for Blitz. For some reason, neither me or nor my dad could figure out left, right, <laughs> left, A. I do not know why. It can be a little confusing, because like any other ability, if you hit it, it points an arrow at who you're targeting, and you kind of hit it again to confirm. But on this, you have to enter your code and then hit A to like kind of target. Yeah. So if you don't know that, it can really throw you off. And you can fight this guy mm. forever. You cannot beat him if you don't do that one move. Yes. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's not a coincidence that Saban looks kind of like Guile <laughs> from Street Fighter. No, there's no, there's no question there. <laughs> but he's Speaking great. Of, of, a, of a missing scene, so if you after this boss fight, if you trek all the way back through Mount Colts, you can go visit Duncan's wife, Saban, and, and this Vargas's trainer to inform him of the news, to inform her of the news. Uh, huh, I've never done that. Yep, small cutscene uh -uh. that you just have to trek all the way. It's totally, I mean, unnecessary, obviously, but there's just tons of little things like that throughout this game. I mean, I played this game so it's many like, times, I never knew that. It's like a like the past when you drain the water south of Link's house, and you can carry the fish all the way back to Kakariko and sell it for a bunch of money to the the bottle vendor. Yeah, it's like who would who would ever do that? It's cool that it's right. In there, yeah, there's it totally. How do people figure this stuff out? The only reason I even figured out how to get past this boss was because I had a neighbor who I who used to live near my old house, and then when my parents moved, we we ran into him one day in the alley, and that was how I ended up. And then when he came over and we started hanging out, even though he was like five years older than me, we had then figured that's how I got past this part in this game. He was able to tell, show us how to do it. 
my my random knowledge nobody asked for. So we we we're, we skipped over South Figaro just a little bit. I have a question for you guys. It Perfect. seems obvious to me that it that's part of like Edgar's kingdom, but is that ever really made explicit? Kind of left up in the air. No one seems to acknowledge it in the city. You know what I mean? South Figaro, Figaro Castle. Well, considering uh-huh. you have yeah. to go through a cave to get to the castle, I mean, it's, it's a little strange. Well, the yeah. castle kind of goes wherever the hell it wants to. But it does not. <laughs> never goes near the town. True. It only goes near a different town. Yeah, it's weird. Kind of weird, right? A little weird. Again, it's just the geography of things is, is a little oh, just like a haphazard. And then it's then you get to after you go through the mountain, you get the Returners hideout, which I did not remember as well as I used to. Like I like there's a whole part where the whole thing is they're trying to get Terra to join the resistance and join the Returners and help them take out the 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 empire that that she was a part of and. There's a, there's a couple little hidden elements. There's one where you can find a sheet of paper that you can either throw away or something, where if you interact with it during the whole meeting, he'll he'll he'll, he'll find it depending on what, if you left it there or something. I think. So hmm. apparently that scene is it it I've heard this that it translates poorly. It's it's basically some sort of kind of really Japanese joke that just doesn't translate well to Western audiences. But okay. I've never had never had it explained to me what the joke ex- exactly is. But that was what was supposed to happen there. Apparently, it's dumb. But okay, that makes sense. It's not for us. And then I did not know until this playthrough if you if you say no to Bannon three times when he asks you to join the resistance, he'll get you'll get a Genji glove instead, which is a yeah. very good item. Even better, you can say no twice, get the Genji glove, and still get an extra scene here where you're involved in the planning, as opposed to her just kind of walking oh, away. Oh, so that's being... why I didn't get the planning scene oh. this time. I was wondering why it didn't happen. I, yeah, I said no three times. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted the Genji glove. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually that's what I actually did this time. Just said no all three times. Um, it just feels kind of in character for her. Just she's really despondent, you know, at this point in her life, and just feels like she's a pawn in this game. Well, she doesn't understand. She probably doesn't have much of a memory either because she's been a slave for years. Yeah. So is it clear to like how long that's been going on? I find her as a baby. Like, right. So it's so like I'm assuming it's been going on for a long time. And so I never understood if she was found as a baby, like what's what's the crown for? Was couldn't they have just raised her like to believe all this, or did she rebel at some point? I'm assuming she rebelled, but it's never it's never mentioned. Not really clear. Because I mean, if you found someone as a baby, it wouldn't be that hard to indoctrin you know indoctrin them. Yeah, you would think, but she's just like it's just shown as an adult and just like flaming people while Kefka. She's also in the not human, so only part human. Yeah, yeah. spoilers. Spoiler. <laughs> Twenty-year-old game. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> okay. <laughs> and then this is where the game takes a very like. For, then you go down. So you go on this little raft. Like their whole idea is they're going to go back to Narsh and try to get the Esper. I think. That's what their whole plan is. Um, to bring Terra to the Esper, like, so organize. Yeah. So she can convince the Esper to join against the Empire. Is that right? Oh, and espers are magic beings that teach people spells. You don't know at this point in the game. That's what espers are. They're magic beings from a different dimension or something, which doesn't make sense. Yeah, they're basically Technic- the summons from every other yeah. Final Fantasy game. Yes. Technically, their corpses are the ones that teach the spells. The live espers, I don't think so much. Uh, no, not unless you turn them into magic. Yeah, they gotta die first. It's just, I mean, this is also the raft is interesting. Like it's kind of a cool scene to have. Like you're on, you're on this raft that moves and you have your, your team together. And one person has to, and Locke leave because Locke is going back to South Figaro because in this time that you walked up the mountain, apparently the empire got to South Figaro and took over South Figaro. Like really quick, yeah, really fast, really fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, they do have the, the magic deck armor, so that probably helps. Yeah. 
Oh, and I I should I should mention when you're in the Fergaro Castle, there's one scene where, and I will always laugh at this scene. I did not realize until recently. I think it's a Beavis and Butthead joke where you talk to two Imperial guards. They go fire, fire. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> and it wasn't until Timely I posted reference. that where people kept posting memes of Beavis and Butthead. I'm like, is that the Beavis and Butthead? I did not know that. I, so it does make sense, I guess, when you look at it. So Kefka comes under official business, and the king basically flips him the bird and sinks his castle. Yes, so, after they burn it. So, yeah, straight to South Thicker, I guess, would be the next logical move. Yeah. So they, so they take over, and you're off doing the raft while Locke goes there. And it's at this, and this is when the game, like, one, you you run into one of the best characters, enemies, bosses. Ultros the octopus. I love this guy. <sighs> This whole sequence on the reverse done because you're you're oh. <laughs> shackled oh, with Bannon, shackled with Bannon. If he dies at any point, then you lose. And man, do enemies love to target him. I actually made it through this time without him dying, but I feel like I've always struggled with this. And he heals everybody every turn. He's fine. So another piece yeah, of trivia: you, you can pet, you can petrify him, and uh, it won't count as death, Ooh. and basically makes him invincible. There you go. But you have to be level 68, I believe, with Terra to pull that one off. So oh. most, people, yeah. <laughs> most people can't get there. If you are 68, that point, point is really, Yeah, exactly. And I think this is where the game does something that's so interesting in early game and that it does this, that your party then gets split into three different groups after this raft because Saban jumps in the water after the octopus boss. Jeez, the octopus kids. And then at the same time, Locke is off doing his thing, and the game like splits to a black screen. You get to control Moogle, which is a white fluff ball with a little pom pom, yellow pom pom on his head. And you get to choose what scenario you're going to choose first. And I want to know what does so every. Cool. I always have a system that I do this in that will never change. I've beaten this game multiple times. Same. Who do you start with, Mike? Do you have a system? Uh, no. Or who did you start with? But I think, I think I started with Locke on this one. Okay. I did too, but that's because he's on the left, and that's the correct order in my book. <laughs> oh, so I'd, I, I'd, I'm going. Well, I'd say there is. I in some ways there's an optimal gameplay like method to doing it in a certain order, but I totally disregard it. Okay, I I always do lock first, just because I I like it and I like to, and I just like to do it first. I I think it, in my opinion, makes the most sense because lock is you know, ran off while you're doing this thing. And this is a good scenario because this is a different type of thing. So you just have Locke, who's not a strong character. He just, he's a thief character. So he really can't do a whole lot. But he sneaks into South Figaro. And you, ha- I mean, and I don't think I, I, if looking back, if I didn't have a guide or have someone tell me what to do, I don't think I would have figured this out. You have, when you're in this town that's now occupied by the Imperials, you have to go and steal clothes from a merchant and then take the merchant's clothes and then go to somebody's house, deliver him cider, and then he will give you a password to open up a door that then leads to the mansion that has a secret door that leads into the basement where there have people. The kept. password, password yeah. that he forgets. And if you say and it wrong, you get instant death, by the way. That is a callback to another Final Fantasy I know. I think it's I think it's four, although I could be wrong. But that password, the only way to know that, as far as I know, is to have played that, that Final Fantasy it's referencing. Because it's Rose is the password or is what the password Rose, was, I think. Ro- so Rosebud, maybe? Rose or Rose, yeah, yeah. (laughs) I don't really know. Like, it just—I just knew what it was because I've played this game before. Isn't there a character in four that's named Rose or something? Rosa. 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 Great character too. That's a great game. I think. (sighs) I think Rosebud is one of the joke answers. Courage is the right answer. Yeah. And courage will get you through the door. Otherwise, he kills you. (laughs) The little boy. (laughs) Yeah, he'll he'll slit your note. He'll slit your neck. Slit your note. Shanks in the shin, and he die. 
What a deck. You can, and you can, <laughs> I didn't know this till later, like playing this game many times. You can also steal one of the Imperial Guards armor for no reason at all, but you can. Well, you can use it. You, don't you have to? Do you, is that not necessary? No, you don't have to, I don't think. You, I think you oh, can steal the merchant. I think you're fine. Oh, I've always done it. It lets yeah. you. I, I'm pretty you, sure you, I've done it at least once without doing that. It it only moves one guy out of your way that I don't think is completely in your way, but I can't remember. Yeah, have, but I'd you have, get the check the type. Yeah, you get the Star Wars reference when you go to rescue Celeste. She says, "Aren't you a little star for an Imperial trooper?" Nice. I always take off the clothes before I get there, so she doesn't see me in the in in a in the in the enemy's outfit or I'm always outfit. in the in the merchant. <laughs> I'm always in the merchant outfit when I go visit her. I specifically went back and got it just so I could see it. <laughs> That whole scene where you go downstairs and you're like in this basement area and you find Celeste, who's the general who you once saw. I think you see her once in a cut scene earlier in the game where you don't know. And you see her. She's tied right. up, chained up to a wall. And, just get, and this guy's just punching her in the stomach. What is up with Figaro? They have a dungeon in their basement and they have this like <laughs> cell under the town of this prison. What is wrong with these people? And I don't think it's ever made clear, like, what exactly she did. She's mentioned as a traitor, I think, but... Never. Yeah. I think it is mentioned later, but I can't remember what it is. Now, I think there's somewhere... I'm going to Google and see. Keep talking. She's definitely... So they're beating her for basically... They call her a traitor. That much is made clear. And then there's no no record, as far as I know, of, like, what she did. She just kind of... So uh, the theory that I've seen is that she opposed the poisoning of Doma, which is something happening simultaneously in another scenario. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah. So, but that's just speculation, as far as I know. Oh, also, well, I know she. When, one of the things she did is she did some heinous atrocity, in Miranda, but didn't make her a traitor. And then she did. I I can't find out why what she was branded a traitor for. Yeah, I, 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 I really don't think they ever explicitly say. Uh, according to TV Tropes, she was arrested in prison as a traitor when she became disillusioned with the Empire and spoke against them. Oh, okay. There you go. But I was just going to say real quick that depending on what outfit you're wearing is lock, he, uh, if you're wearing his normal clothes or the merchant outfit, he like hides up in the rafters as the guards walk by. But if you have the Imperial out- outfit on, he just stands by the door like he's supposed to be there. Yeah. I love those little touches. That's amazing. This game is so, so good. <laughs> Celeste is such a great character, too. Like, I I absolutely love babe. this character. One of my I mean, so She's great. I mean, and then she joins him because he released. And, I, and I, I, I was still laugh at this point where there's a guard in the room with her. And the guy's like, don't fall asleep. And he's like, I can go for days without sleep. In the moment <laughs> he yeah, leaves. It takes you. Yeah. As long as it takes for you to get through the door, the guy's already asleep. He just he just goes back in the chair and passes the fuck out, and you have to steal the key. And you go and you release her from the you 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 do something to help her, and then you but you have to get the keys to get her out, or you need a key that the guy yeah you unlock her chain, her shackles, but then you need the key that the guy has to get out of the dungeon. And you grab the keys, he wakes up, jumps at you, then he falls back to sleep and goes back in the chair. (laughs) Uh, Another another strange tidbit: so you can access this whole dungeon area throughout the rest of the game, and it's still inexplicably filled with um, Imperial soldiers, even after uh, they withdraw from South Figaro and or get murdered <laughs> when the world gets destroyed. Of course. Meh, that's the game thing. This where you see Lone Wolf in a cell, or is that in the actual castle? That's that's in the castle. Yeah, there. that's later. Well, if when you go to Figaro Castle the first time, you can see him there yeah. in one of the cells. I think he's in the cell that has the cave in it. Yes, because he, he gets later on. And he goes to Narch later. Yeah, that, that's pretty clever. 
and Blake, what scenario do you do after lock? All right, we should yes, finish lock. Never mind. I'm, I'm skipping ahead. I, so I you, always start with locks too, by the way. Okay, so after you rescue, you rescue Celeste, and then you pretty much escape South Figaro, and then head go head back to Narsh. You got to fight the tunnel right. digger. Yeah, you go through mm-hmm. the cave. Where you you learn you have to use Celeste's special ability, which I only use as one time in the game called, or yeah, one time in this game called Runic, where she puts her sword up in the air and then she absorbs magic attacks. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's so OP in certain uh, circumstances. Yeah, like uh, well, you can't use in the the Fanatics Tower, but any boss that I knew was was relying on magic, I would just have her spam it. But unfortunately, she, uh, it means your characters can't cast magic either because she'll, she'll absorb that too. That's fine. When you only use attack, that's fine. There's a point coming up very shortly that she just absolutely dominates. But one of the reasons that I... So we, I was talking about the gameplay. This is the only scenario where you can't unequip your characters like before it ends, or you'd either fight the tunnel boss you know, unequipped or not. But if you really want to optimize it, you would save them for last so you can get some good equipment elsewhere, unequip before the scenario ends, and kind of cycle that way. It makes sense it wouldn't let you unequip since she has to have a sword equipped to, to use Vernick. Yeah. Well, so you, I think you can do that. You just once, once you beat the tunnel boss, you the scenario ends without you getting a chance to. to oh, I got gotcha. Yeah, you have to be strong enough to be able to take them. The other times you oh, can do it suck. with like threat free. Yeah, because they end differently. Right. And Blake, so what scenario do you do second usually? Uh, so I always do Saban's second, just because it's. The, I, I'm pretty sure it's the longest, and it's it just is, like by far. And, oh, by far. Like yeah, more than the other two put together. Exactly. So, and Terra's is the shortest, so I always just save her. Terra's scenario is stupid. Very it's so short. pointless. <laughs> it's just them riding the ra- finish riding the raft. You go to Narsh. You go through the secret cave. You don't even fight any bosses as them. Then you talk to the townsfolk and try to convince them that you that they need to help you, and then it ends. Or you don't even convince that. You just get to them, and then it ends. It's really pointless. Finally, yeah. Saban's scenario is good though. Oh, yeah, because it's, it's got the most highlights. I feel like when people talk about this game, most of what they bring up is from this this bit. Because you got the, the poison of Doma Castle, you got the, the Phantom Train and all that. There's a lot. They're, yeah. they're big yeah, moments. And I also, another random thing, like when you start to save, and it can also affect like when you get Shadow. Like Shadow will join you, but he doesn't always stay with you. So do you guys know? Yeah. Yeah, there, there is something a very like explicit if, formula for that. If he's low on health, he has like a one eleven chance or something at the end of battle of just leaving. So something um, like that. I, I don't. I don't think so. And I could. I could be wrong. But I think basically, once you recruit him, he'll stay with you originally until you get past um, the uh, imperial base. So up until that point, he's there. He won't run away. After that, and all the way up until you get on the train. He has a 1 in 16 chance of leaving after every battle, no matter what his health is, or 1 in 11. Huh. One of those two. One of those two. But one, obviously, once you're on the train, you lock that bitch into place <laughs> for, the, for a while. He still leaves. I mean, I got him yeah, all the way to the end him. that he stays for the whole scenario. The scenario is really damn good. Like, you go, you know, from the time that you get you get saved and you end up at a freaking Imperial camp, which is trying to poison a cat. Well, they're not trying, but they're trying to they're trying to siege a castle of Doma, which kind of introduces you to Doma and Cyan and and you get to see like how evil Kefka really is. And um, yeah. uh, uh, a Leo sighting, your first Leo, technically second, but you get a, a kind of a look at him and how he contrasts with Kefka in the Empire. Yeah, because they're both like him, Celeste, Kefka, well, Kefka, Leo, Celeste are all generals in the Imperial Army. Right, the three generals. But man, they just 
<laughs> it's cool seeing Leo and how Leo ends up being sent away because of the Empire sent him a letter. I think it was a fake letter, if I remember correctly. I don't think it says, but that's always I always took it that way. Like it or was I think yeah. the Empire want uh, the Emperor wanted him to leave because he wanted Kefka to poison. I because the Emperor is not good at all. The Emperor. Yeah, he's a he's a real piece of shit. So either way, it's possible. <laughs> that's all. I'm gonna blow to run. I really like. I really like that camp. Wrong Palpatine like, vibes for sure. The camp is so much fun to run through the camp and everything that you do there. Like it's just so good. Uh, your yeah, second you kick Magitek armor. Yeah. You gotta kick the the one chest and it alerts the dog, and you gotta do a fight to to get the treasure. I like it. Good stuff. And then where you get and you get Cyan who joins you, and you see the whole poisoning where Kefka poisoned this ta- poisons this whole castle, and you're like, our own men are there. Oh well, their fault for getting captured. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's really really dark and like mature stuff. Yeah, you can like see the pretty. It's pretty brutal, really. Like, um, especially yeah. with the you know the Cyan and his family, and it's like God. We actually everybody. see their their bodies of uh, yeah. his, his wife and child. It's like, ugh. Not dying away from the violence there. No, it, it's, a, it's a fucked up scene. I mean, it's good, but it's pretty fucked up when you think about it. Yeah. I was a little a little shocked <laughs> the first time I saw it. I was like, what the fuck is that? No, I'm just used to it. But Yeah, and it's all game. still just like, like what's, the, what's the point? Like, this castle has at most 12 people in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We're supposed to believe that there's more sprites than what we see because I guess the so. couldn't handle it. But the yeah, next, so. I mean, the next scene, like after you go and you escape this little, this little place and you end up going, you know, you're trying to get, I forget where you're trying to get back to Narsh is what their whole plan is. But you end up in the forest and you end up, what's, what's called, you end up finding a train and I will never get over how great this part is. Just, oh, yeah, yeah you're walking through the forest and you're just fighting nothing but ghosts. Like, what the heck's going on here? And then you end up on the freaking, and you see a train and they get, and they get on the train for whatever reason. I don't remember why he gets on the train, but he gets on the I train. Don't, I don't think it's adequately explained why they get on this creepy ass train. Or wait, does he know? Does he see his family first? And so, so Cyan no. gets on. Is that not it? I don't think Cyan. he sees them until the end of the scenario. He just gets no, on it. I feel certain that he sees them getting on the train. Maybe, maybe I'm maybe. wrong, but I feel like he sees them filing on. And so he hops on and then Saban follows and then Shadow kind of like makes a face and then follows right after. I'm Googling now I've got, as we're talking. I got to look it up. But I feel I, I'm pretty sure. I, I want to say Saban gets on the train and then uh, Cyan's like, oh, we need to get off this. This is the Phantom train. Maybe so. So did you guys use a guide when you played this? Yes. Uh, was there a pr- particular one? Uh, that you... Actually, since you mentioned it and gave me the segue, I actually have next to me the Final Fantasy III Players Guide, <laughs> Your Only Hope for Survival, written by Peter Olofsson, who I've interviewed on the same podcast. <laughs> it's uh, I actually had to order this guide. I had it because you couldn't buy it in stores, and I don't know how the hell we got it, but my dad had an ad in the news in a paper or something. We had a little cutout. We had a little paper thing you had to cut out and then mail in with a check, and I got it eventually. And that's all I got through most of this game. One of my uh, favorite websites and the guide I use is a website at uh, cavesofnarshi.com, obviously created as a tribute to this game. But now it's kind of a Final Fantasy hub and has a amazingly comprehensive guide for this game. Yeah, when, whenever I needed to defer to a guy, that was the one I used. It's full of trivia. And it's just this train is so good. No, he doesn't see the family to the end. It's at the end. It's I, I, I didn't see why the beginning what it was, but God, it is just so good. Good, like this train, it's, 
it's interesting too. And there's always one part that sticks with me after all these years still sticks with me. And I still love it is you get to one part where all these ghosts come up. There's no escape, nowhere to run, nowhere to go. There's no escape. And they just are just swarming you on this, on this train car. And it's just so cool to me. It still is. I still make this joke to people. There's no escape, nowhere to run, nowhere to go. People <laughs> don't get the joke. That's explaining myself quickly if they don't get it, which is, you know, 90, 90 99% of the time, but <laughs> so good. Okay, you, it's, uh, yeah, you... it's Typen's idea. Sorry. So he okay. he says that they should look for survivors, basically, and suggest taking a look. And once you're on hey. science, like, hey, fuckface, this is a ghost train. <laughs> we get the, the ghost temporary party member. I always roll with, with my ghost homie. I always yeah. get him, too. You have to. And there's a ghost merchant wandering around, too. Yeah, yeah I actually cool. found him this time. Yeah. One in every car. It's random who it is, though, or who it will be. Yeah, it changes. A lot of them are just are just battles. Fights, yeah. Yeah. Some will join you, some are battles, and some are merchants. I bet this so I wonder if this the if the game uh, kind of uh, adjusts to whether you have shadow or not, you know, if it makes it any easier or tougher. I'm assuming it's the same. Oh. My guess. Me too. I imagine it's so it can be a tough scenario, especially without shadow, especially for, for people not used to RPGs. I wonder if it would let you have two ghost members if you don't have him. I, 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 you can only have out. one, I think. Um, I think I read that, although that's not something I'm certain of. Because you can you can get more than one. You know, if you use yours and he dies, you can recruit another one for sure. Right. Yeah, because I did huh. that. Mine survived the whole time, but I know you could do that. So I just kicked him out of the party, even though I don't know why I even had him anyway. No, you get to the towards the front. And he's like, this is as far as I can go. And his piece is out. <laughs> I can't suplex that train. You do that. <laughs> Not my bag. And the whole <laughs> the whole fact that you fight the engine of the train, like that's just one of those moments. Yeah. It's so good. You're running so everyone, away from everyone the Everyone suplexes the train, right? I mean, that's a given I didn't. at this point. Oh, my God. Yeah, I know Mike did, but I sure did. I didn't. Well, well I can't yeah, use blitzes because I played like a, on it. It's like a rite of passage. Oh, I played on the phone, too, and I blitzed the shit out of people. I actually I found it easier on the phone, I swear, than like a controller. I tried because me and me and Mike were talking about it, but I never got it. I just never bothered. Yeah, because like the, the big trick to blitzes is that when you have a, di- a diagonal input, you can use either of the opposite directions to to input it. So your like, your main Hadouken, the aura bolt, <laughs> it's down, down, forward, left. But you could just push down, down, left and it would still work. Or it should. I would just yeah, I just rolled it and it all, always worked easy on my phone. Some of them get a little complicated though, for sure. A little bit, yeah. But oh. yeah, I uh, I had to suplex in that. I just threw a, a phoenix down on him and killed it instantly. But I had to get the blitz in. So um, speaking of the ghost, you can recruit two, but the second one is half strength uh, of the first. Wow, they're already weak to begin with. Yeah, interesting. It is. And then it's after the train where the game can. This is where the farthest. So you finish the train. You you defeat the train at the end and then it said okay I'll, I'll let you i'll let you get off when we get there and then when you get to the end of it this is when he sees his family getting on the train yeah that okay yeah. that's a fucked up part like it's good but like he sees his dead family getting on the train to go to the afterworld <laughs> yeah yeah they really rub, rub that one in mm-hmm. and he's ready to get back on the train to follow him too like, he almost better, does. better follow it up with a comedic comedy uh God, what's the, the fucking term I'm thinking of? Uh-huh. Ignore that. I got nothing. Move on. <laughs> so, uh, did you guys <laughs> eat dinner on the ghost train? Oh, yes. of course. Yeah. 
Oh, but each each each, uh, each uh, character has their own individual kind of reaction to it too. If you swap them, I didn't know oh, that. Really? That's cool. Yeah, yeah, they all say different things. So when when you walk up once, um, Saban will have a specific scene where Saiyan kind of chastises him for eating uh, ghost food, which honestly, fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yep. And then at that point, you can swap your main your lead character, and they'll they'll alter. You can do it as many times as you want. They'll have their uh, their unique dishes and dialogue. Huh. Yeah, it's cool. I never did that. There's so many little touches to this game. I, I'm telling you, man. And it's after you finish the train and you and you get that and you see that that heart wrenching scene with Science Family, then you go to the Baron Falls where Shadow will leave you no matter what. At this point, yeah, he's like, I'm not fucking doing that. <laughs> you guys are insane. It's like, well, I guess we have to jump off this waterfall. I don't know why the hell you jump off a waterfall for. Because you got to get to uh to Narshi, and that's the fucking way to go. I mean, you jump off a waterfall, end up, you washed up on shore somewhere in a freaking like the Velt, which is a very strange. The Velt. I don't like the Velt. Well, not if you don't like, yeah, you're you're not going to like the Velt. Yeah. Yeah. Get on the Velt and you heard the drums, just like Jumanji. (laughs) Sure, it is a dope theme, right? Like, we're all in agreement there. The Velt is great. I had a hard time here because I didn't have much money because I spent it all when I got to town and. You couldn't, you can't get Gil in the Velt. So I was having a hard time getting money to buy the dried meat so I could get recruit Gaul. Yeah, <laughs> you don't get. A yeah, we got to balance out the, got to balance the heart wrenching scene of seeing Cyan leaving his family with the comic, the quote unquote comic relief character of Gal, this <laughs> this like animal child. Yeah, we don't want. It. Although he's got a pretty dark story once you start digging into it too. But yeah, his parents just but, like tossed him aside because he was weird. Yeah. Yeah, his dad did. I think his mom died. I think. Yeah. During childhood or something. Now I feel bad for the way I, I treated him. He joins me. He's just not a like he's a good ass character. I will say that I know he's good. I don't like him and don't use him, but I know he's a good character. He can be. Yeah, so I mean like it, with the right yeah. rage is not so yeah. I guess for those who don't know, this character he basically goes berserk with any enemy so he kind of takes on the persona of any enemy that you fought and leapt into on the belt and from the start there's a few uh pretty overpowered ones the stray cat is maybe stray the most cat, uh, yep. yeah <laughs> and I, we Absolutely forgot to mention possible. uh Shad- well shadow's special ability he can throw stuff like weapons or other if or other things you can buy i use that zero times <laughs> Ooh, <it's laughs> i've done it before but not this always. playthrough i always and just throw Cyan's ability is Cyan is able to do what's called sword text, where you pick a you you go in the mode and you just sit there and what little watch a little meter fill up uh-huh. by the attack, and then you can do yep, it better. You very very slowly fill up this meter, or everyone else is getting wailed on. Like okay, <laughs> I never. Do I don't. It. I don't. I don't know if this is a hot take, but I think Cyan is the worst character, like uh, mechanically, combat wise. Dispatch is the the first one that he can do. Dispatch is still pretty decent. They're all uh, decent. It's. Yeah. But they're not necessary. They're just unnecessary. Yeah. Yeah. So we we talk about the randomizer later. They kind of help speed that bar up to make him good. Oh, nice. We'll and do that so before, before I lose, I you. believe. So does the GBA? Is it treated exactly like the Super Nintendo version? So basically, I mean, like you were saying, I guess it just loads up while your party's getting fucking yeah. beat yeah. on. Okay. Yeah. So the remaster changes that. I. Or there's a version of the game that does it doesn't work like that. It kind of uh he can either charge it in the background, which I think is how the pixel remaster is doing it, or it freezes huh. time while oh, he's charging. Cool. Yeah. So like yeah, so you'll pick which of the eight you want, and then it charges in the background 
and then unleash that's the way it should be it's like when you choose a spell they have to like charge it a little bit before they actually use it so why not just make this the same way yeah they chanting or like saying a prayer to the esper i never really was sure what they were doing just just talking like all this like hyping themselves up is what i like to believe be fucking dope okay we're gonna set this this giant worm on fire we need to get that we need to do this (laughs) for sure and I mean, then you go to a little town, which is next to Mobiliz, which is near there. There's not a whole lot to mention there, but this it's this part I don't care for. Because when you get Gaw, Gaw tells you there's a special treasure in a cave. You have to go to this cave, and he pulls out a freaking, like, diving, diving helmet. helmet. Yeah, diving helmet you put on, on one person, apparently, and you all jump into the river, and somehow you all survive. <laughs> but, you know, game. Yeah, do they share it? That part is, again, a little unclear. Video games. They, they just walk inside of each other. <laughs> Like, only one person's on the map. They just, like, move into each other. Video games are weird. Yes, but we love them. And uh, so oh, this yeah. is the uh, the Serpent uh, Trench, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Still still on <laughs> Saban's uh, little scenario here. Lock in terror. Like, where the hell is he? What is happening? Really taking it's his been, time. It's a, been a, a 84 years. <laughs> <laughs> I just like to imagine he shows up. This is like you guys would not fucking believe what I have been through. The, the war's over. Where have you been? <laughs> fucking ghost train, waterfall, beast boy. I don't want to fuck talk. <laughs> and then, like, you, like when you we get... walked through a cave and got here, like, well, what are you yeah, talking about? Real... <laughs> been here for literal days. <laughs> That's what makes it so good, though. Oh, it's so amusing. And then you, when you get to the, the town after the after you woke up from the trench you went through, you're able to pop into this town, which then leads to you getting you catch a boat back to Figaro, and then they walk back to Narsh. Right. Yeah. Finally. <laughs> Took them a long time to get there. Yeah. Um, so like, so one thing we didn't touch on. It, uh, did, oh, go ahead. Oh, I was just gonna say they they probably should have like divided out these little events through the different scenarios to balance them out instead of making one of them super long. But I don't know, it's it's fine. Yeah, definitely a little uneven. Uh, yeah. There are a few treasures, especially in Terra's, uh, most notably, that if you don't open them uh, at this point in the game, they become better things later in the game. Kind of a Final Fantasy staple. Oh, that's cool. I'm yeah, I, I didn't know that yep. until uh, I read it after the fact. It's like a Chrono Trigger where you can kind of empower some of the treasure chests mm-hmm. with the pendant and open them in the future. But yeah, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's not clear why they change or or. What's, what's going on there, but but they do. Hmm, that's really cool. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, which you couldn't have known. I think most people, obviously, especially newcomers, they're just going to open all the, you know, get all the I shit. Yeah. Every time. Just I think, because that's yeah. how you play. Yeah. Final Fantasy Twelve to get one of the best weapons, you have to do something similar. You have to, like, ignore chests. Like, how would you know this? Yeah, you exactly. You wouldn't. It's really... Yeah, I don't like that. And then you have this is where you have then the siege on Narsh, where finally the the empire has come to Narsh. The whole reason why you're there is to try to stop this. And then they're yeah to protect the Esper. And you have another fight where you get to use different groups of people, which I I like this personally. I fucking love this. That part is so cool to me. Just like the freedom to put your army together and kind of deploy them as you like. Tower so cool. Tower defense. Yeah. I remember being scared of this part as a kid and it's really not bad. It's tough, but this is why this is why this is where Runic comes into play. Yeah. Rushed is Kefka is just rendered totally useless with her and your party. Yeah, because 
I uh, I always have Edgar lead one of the parties because his tools are still pretty overpowered at this point. So I went into battle with him and yeah, his magic kind of just wiped me out. I'm like, well, shit, I'm just going to use Celeste on the other party and just use Runic the whole time. And yeah, it pretty much neuters that boss fight. Totally, totally does. That's cool. I've never done that. Makes sense. I just never done. I never played that way. Sure enough. Like other Final Fantasy games have done this where every character is its own class. But I feel like the fact that this one has so many characters, it, it leads for more choice yeah. in how you put your party together. It definitely does. And you can really alter how you play things and how you do it. You have a, you have a lot of choice in this game, which is nice. Yeah. So when building parties, do you guys take into account like the characters, like relationships and whatnot? You know what I mean? Or do you just do it like no. sheer, like mathematical? No. I just follow based <laughs> on what I did as a kid. And I just keep doing the same thing over and over again. <laughs> I believe that. That's fair. You know me well enough. Yeah, I always try to have like one heavy heavy hitter and then a magic user and just the other two are usually whoever. Edgar is one try team to keep balanced by himself. <laughs> I use the same type of people every time. I have the same teams. It, it, Edgar's by himself, Gauze with Locke, and then I fill the other team up to take on Kefka. Interesting. And this Edgar's is where the game gets really screwy in one sense. It's because it's because of of this scene where you then go to the Esper with Tara, where she freaks out, turns into a pink bean, when your <laughs> your whole team almost gets thrown off a cliff and leaves. <laughs> yeah. Out. Naked pink girl just flies away. Yeah. yeah. Got shit to Everyone do. else is just like, okay. And they're almost all happened? dead, too. Almost everybody dies. It's quite interesting. I mean, they, I mean, they don't die, but they almost get thrown off the freaking cliff, so they should almost be dead, in my opinion. Right. So I've always, uh, and I, I don't know really why, I guess, but I always considered that like the end of the intro, quote unquote, intro of the game. Act yeah. one, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, but like a, yeah. it's kind of a, that's, that's the point where the game really opens up. At that, yeah, at no, that. you're not wrong. The, you put it a good way. If this was a Kingdom Hearts game, this is where you get the, the title screen. Like, <laughs> six hours into the game. For sure. <sighs> Looking at you, Kingdom Hearts 2. I wish I could remember it better. So with uh, the freedom just, to then you can build your party at this point. Uh, yes. Do you guys have, have like a, a usual squad? Yes. You know, yeah. Me, as yeah. Lock, Saban, Celeste, Edgar. Every time. Same. Yeah, I think I actually use those ones too. Just because I was trying to steal as much as possible in this one. So I was always using Lock when I could. Yeah, that sounds right. So you're leaving Cyan and Gal. I guess that's the only two at that point, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah, that's what I do the same thing. Edgar's still just so he's so overpowered at this point in the in the game. I mean, and this is where the game gets a little like it's a little different too. Where now you have the freedom to kind of go where you want for the first time in the game, even though you can't really go anywhere good, but you have the freedom to. Yes. So this is Um, you just have a couple things that I want to mention. Like you you go back to Figaro Castle. Figaro Castle goes underground again, but this time it takes (laughs) you to a new town, which is really nothing there. Coligan. And then from Coligan, you travel south to another town that has Jador, which has the auction house, which you really can't do. You can't even do anything with the auction house yet at this point. So you don't do anything there. Uh, One note (laughs) about Coligan, though, that you guys may not know. Uh, So if you leave Narshi with only three people, you can find Shadow hanging out in Coligan. And uh, recruit him to your party. I never knew that. For a cost. Uh, And uh, he will will definitely run away at some point. So it's not a permanent (laughs) recruitment at this point. But you can. But it it actually kind of handicaps you. Because uh, he'll almost certainly leave you wandering Zozo with with three people instead of four. I need a job like that. Where I get all my money up front and then I can just quit whenever I want. 
Yeah, and you actually got to pay for them this time. <laughs> That's cool, cool, though. That's something I never knew about this game. Sure not. Oh, yeah. Obviously, you have to have uh, three people, though, to, to even see them there. Yeah, but that's still cool to know that that's in the game in some some shape or form. For sure. Little touches. You'd think this was a Metal Gear game. Oh, Love it. Such a good game. Oh, okay, what was I saying? And then after uh, this, this is where you go to Zozo. Zozo is where Terra th- flew off to. And throughout the throughout some of the couple towns, you'll, you'll have people talking to you and tell you, oh, yeah, somebody went flying through here or something of that nature, they'll say. Oh, I need to re resend my uh my answer to blake's question earlier this is my favorite track in the game <laughs> the the zozo theme is real good yeah zozo theme is great it's just they all fit the mood that they're like searching for you know what i mean just mm-hmm. so well and the thing that's so cool about about zozo too is it's the first town you go to in the game or an only town you go into the game where you get into random battles everyone in the town yeah, trying it, to kill you it's just a dungeon dressed up like a town yes yeah real 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 unwelcoming place <laughs> But you get Edgar's chainsaw here, so it's great. Which would not be easy to find if you didn't know where it is. Yeah, yeah that, 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 like, that one's tough. You basically have to piece together that you can't trust anything anyone says, so you have to do the opposite, and eventually I think you can piece it all together, but a guide really helps here. Yeah, that's So someone does tell you that. If you, I mean, if you talk to like every NPC, there's someone in one of the previous towns who explicitly tells you, like, hey, you can't trust anyone in that town of Zozo. See, yeah, I believe well, the, the first guy, the first NPC, when you walk into town, he's like, Great people here, you can trust everything they say. <laughs> Bullshit. I like the, there's just one guy just like sprawled out on the ground, too, that you can talk to. Yeah. Like, he's just like, <laughs> What's going on here? Yeah, you are right. This track is really good. It's so good. <laughs> I'm listening to it right now as we're talking. I'm like, Okay, this isn't good. This is good music. Oh, yeah. It doesn't really sound like a Final Fantasy track. No, not really, but it worked. Just fits that din of sin so well. <laughs> Zozo is also like really cool too. Like just going through the town because this, this is where you get Terra back, and you also get your first espers that join. We don't no, sorry, you don't get Terra back. You get your first espers that join you though, and you find out that Terra is half esper. I think it's when you get her whole backstory too about how she's from a different world. Uh, I'm pretty sure this is the point when you get it, unless it's later. I think it's now though. Maybe I remember if it's now. No, no, it's, <sighs> it's later. Yeah, I feel like she still doesn't know what she is. Well, Ramu is there, like, basically waiting for you in the room that Tara's in. And it's kind of like, kind of lays what's going on out in terms of the Magitech uh, facility. So you talk to him and he basically kind of sends you to uh, to rescue the remaining espers. Okay. Because he knows what, you, you know, he knows what she is, of course. He knows what, yeah, he's there waiting for you, like, kind of. It, uh, the implication to me was that he was tending to her or maybe even drew her to him. That's all I always took it to. Yeah, so you so you could rescue the uh, the other espers in the facility. Makes sense. Yeah, and then after you find her and it doesn't work out, then you go back to Jador, and this is where you end up. You have to walk into a certain house to get a guy to talk to you about about the opera house and how he's like, you look, ju-, and how Celeste looks just like Maria. Because she's so Locke and her are forced into your party at this point. Oh yeah, because they they're going because you're trying to get the Empire and trying to figure out how to get to the Empire is what it is at this point. Right. So, yeah, they're like, well, it's across the ocean. Uh, and this is where the uh, infamous opera house and plan comes into play. It's still such a good scene, though. Yo. It's been a long time since I did the opera house scene, but like everything involved with it, where. So, after you go there, you, you go to the opera house, and you're, the whole idea is that you're trying to get this guy, as um, Blake called him when we were talking beforehand, called Seltzer. <laughs> 
Seltzer. I forgot about that. His name is Seltzer. Autocorrect. Like, yeah, it was hilarious. It. <laughs> it was funny, though. So it, it, I mean, it, it's a um, fine, it's a good scene. The opera stuff is fun where you have to then, Celeste has to impersonate this this person and you have to kind of go through and there'll be a couple multi-sections. Like, okay, what's the line? You have to pick the line that you have to say at certain parts and it's really well done. Yeah. So, so one funny thing, uh, I, I always thought this, I don't know why. So Ultros follows you, right? To, yes. uh, but it's 100% possible to use a party that consists of no one that actually met Ultros. <laughs> so that's funny and he still goes after you of course i'm assuming he still go, oh, oh yeah it doesn't change the dialogue you're still like okay. mortal mortal enemies basically um which can happen i guess we can talk about that in the world of ruin but if you depending on how you go about things like characters who have absolutely no relationship w- whatsoever you know or turn into to best friends old acquaintances that's cool that uh, the game does that weird stuff, though. And, and this is where Shadow will leave. If, if you recruited him and somehow avoided the one sixteenth chance of him leaving every single battle throughout the uh, Zozo and everything, he will be forced out in the opera house. Uh, he'll leave during the performance. Yep. Not a fan of the opera. Kind of a dick. <laughs> kind of a dick move. <laughs> it, that's a scene that I always remember. You know, I, I feel like resonates with everybody who talks about this game, like that whole opera scene where you where you have her scene and everything it's just, it's such a powerful scene too so what about it sticks out to you would you say is just particularly powerful the fact that you like you're you're in it you're walking around you're picking things and she's singing about a lost love and it just i always enjoyed it it's a oh, great mayor, it's really I, good yeah i mean it's a great scene absolutely just a and great it's so mayor, unique it's to everything. have an rpg where you're doing this and you have to like you can fuck up and then you have a timer which when i was a kid i was terrified i had a friend of mine who was terrified of timers in games and it we spent way too much grind time grinding in this game before we went just to go because while she in the end of her performance you you see Ultros is going to drop a big weight on her on Celeste like so you five have to ton, five weight. yeah take me at least five minutes to push this over <laughs> so stupid funny right. music here stupid as, as her singing because it's pretty impressive what they did with that Super Nintendo sound chip that oh, almost yeah. sounds like someone actually singing yeah. I lo- uh, the guy singing kind of always gets me. And <laughs> 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 it's kind of how it sounds. It's terrible, but it's it's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, Slee's a much better singer. Opera opera trained. Uh, <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, it sounds like I like that, but much better. Surprisingly, even on this nest. So uh, and then yeah, Setzer drops from the sky like the cool motherfucker he is. <laughs> I don't like Setzer. I have never liked oh, Setzer. When I was a kid, he was my favorite character. I don't know what it is about him. He is he's just like the shit. He knows he's the using cards. I think it's using cards as dice as weapons is cool. I hate his ability. Oh uh, yeah, the spot. <laughs> well, the spot. I don't know. Slot's not spot. great. No, slots are terrible. But Setzer plus uh with so he's got uh one of his weapons that he can get is a dice and then later a fixed dice, which strictly so it bypasses any sort of defenses and strictly uses the mathematical formula that the dice roll, which is cool, I thought. But if you apply the Genji glove to him and give him a couple of set of those dice, so just so you guys, you guys, the Genji glove obviously allows a character to equip two weapons, but it decreases yeah. the strength of those weapons to kind of compensate the, right. uh, the same the with dice. The, uh, the offering of the Master Scroll that right. lets you they attack are. four times if they're weaker. 
Right. But the dice doesn't fall victim to that. So he can uh, yeah. theoretically get the offering in a gingy glove and just go absolutely ham with these fucking dice. Yeah. It's fully broken. Absolutely. He's so good. He has a cool <laughs> beginning, but I just never cared for him as a character. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, yeah. That's, not- so the good thing about this game is like there's there's such a, uh, a diverse cast that like, you know, like people can legitimately have their favorites. There's a solid argument for just like almost everyone. I mean, he, as long as I, you don't like a whole bunch of them, you don't have to, to use the ones you don't told, like. Exactly, yeah, just fucking avoid them. I don't like his ability. I think that's a big part of it for me. I think his ability, the slot ability, I think is stupid. Because, yeah. again, it's a gambling for a good attack, and I don't like gambling in any right. shape or form. Oh, a, little, a nice little piece of trivia about Setzer. So when he joins, uh, he says to you, and I, I don't know if the GBA, so maybe you guys can shine a little light on this, uh, something along the lines of, like, I'm doing this, but the Empire's made me a rich man. Yes, um, it's still in that, there. That's actually a mistranslation. So he is supposed to say something more along the lines of the Empire's been bad for business. So, like, to give him basically the motivation, not necessarily it's all I mean, altruistic. He did say it in the GBA version. I just don't, and I don't remember. He def so yeah. He definitely um, in in the Super Nintendo. He says those exact words. The Empire's made me a rich man, but uh, definitely like a, a mistranslation there because uh, he really kind of joins you because they've. They've been bad for business. They meant to say that uh, more or less his business had gone up as in dried up, but the translators took it as gone up as in, you know, stock. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. I learned something new about this game. Yeah, I thought that was cool. Just a cool piece of trivia. That's what makes this game great, though. All these little things in it that they have. For sure. Totally. And and the whole point of why you're trying to get Setzer is that you need his airship, and then he flies you, but he he flies you to the, the southern continent, which is has the Imperials, and he just drops uh, you off. He just lands the airship. He's like, oh, yeah, I'll see you later. That scene, though, when like you're flying like towards Vector for the first time and the, the searchlights are in the background. Mm-hmm. It's a good scene. That, that's good shit. Yeah. Inject that into my veins. More of that great <laughs> Mode 7. Sweet, sweet Mode 7. <laughs> Usually isn't that awesome, but it works out in here. We haven't talked Chocobos. Does anyone use Chocobos like at all in this game? No. Cause I, I don't, yeah. Uh, but you can. It forces you on them at one point, and I immediately push the wrong just button every time, and it just, just runs off. Right like, well, that happened. That was the thing. I don't totally. like in this game. Yeah, I don't really use them. I don't want to not I fight. Mean, right. Yeah. When I was younger, I used to use them all the time because they got me out of fighting. But, you know, I'm older now and understand that getting out of fights in, in an RPG is not what you want to do, because otherwise you will not be leveled up. Yeah, grinding is a rite of passage, not something to be avoided. And then this is also, and then you, you have like three different towns you can go to, Albert, Tenzin, Miranda, but you can actually skip all three towns if you want to. There's not, I go to all of them because I have to, but you don't, <laughs> but you don't have to. I think that's a cool aspect. You can go right straight to Vector and go right to the next dungeon. Yeah. Yeah. It's which a cool is, touch. Because I'm a big fan of, so you go, you go to Vector, which is a town run by the Empire. And I like how there's an inn where you go to the inn, I think they rob you or something, if I remember correctly. Yes. So yeah, I never go there, but I know they do. Sleep there. Oh, he says it's free. Like, come (laughs) on in, friend, and then robs the shit out of you. Which makes sense. You know, the inn has never been free in this game yet, and so the one time it's free, they rob you. Makes perfect sense. And it's just, it's just a good part too. Like everything that you do when it comes, like, because then, so the whole point is you're trying to get in the Magic Factory, and you have, you find some old guy who's a returner, one of your group, and he ends up getting you in, and you have like this. I'm a so you go into Magic Factory. I'm a big fan of the scene. I I love the music in the Magic Factory. I love how you're walking around in this like you know building. You're jumping on conveyor belts and you're trying to find your way through 
to get just to, to get matched to find out what's going on and you end up you end up finding Kifka and he's throwing espers down a chute to kill them. <laughs> like so, you do. Did you guys uh did, did you guys know about the healing kid in Vector like right before the uh the factory? Immediately a woman that you talked to? Uh, so there's her uh I kind of love this game. There's a, a small scene with a child. <laughs> Sid has been performing experiments on one of the kids there. And he learns uh, trying to teach him cure, but Sid has not perfected the process at this point. So the the kid will constantly cast cure spells on you, but they only heal one HP at a time. Uh, oh, I never seen like, this before. Like, oh, absolutely, yeah, right there in Vector, because uh, they're just they're just learning the process of extracting magic. That's cool. Yeah, which R- I don't really think we neat. mentioned. That's how Celeste gets her magic too. She's been like, we didn't genetically that, infused with it. Yeah. Same with okay. Kafka. Yeah. Uh, in fact, there, there's a scene or an NPC who tells you basically that. So that's why Kefka's like he is. He was driven crazy by the, yeah. uh, the process of being given magic. I never knew that. Yeah. Thank you. You taught me something new. About and my so, yeah, General, General Leo. That's refused the third time you've said that. I'm not, more than I was <laughs> expecting to say it. Yeah. Leo refused it and Kefka decided to, to be the one to do it, driving him crazy and giving him magic. Huh. Okay. And then it's and when you're in the Magic Factory, this is when you first get a bunch of espers and you get Maduin, which is a very important esper we'll be talking about in a little while. And this is also at the same time when all this is happening, Kifka shows up and tells you that you, that Celeste is actually a, not a traitor, but was sent to join you to trick you and makes and you makes you think that this whole time she betrayed you. And then she yeah. ends up casting a spell that shoots everybody out of here. Yeah, after leave the just basically breaks her heart. I kind of believe in this crazy fucking clown. Yeah, which pisses me off that that one of my my favorite character falls to that. Makes me upset. <laughs> Basically, the Joker. Yes, but he shouldn't. He shouldn't fall trapped to Kefka. He knows Kefka. Kefka is a piece of shit and a liar. Like I don't understand. Them treasure hunters, man. They're not known for their apparently not manipulation skills. You know, <laughs> he gets his ass trick pretty bad. So pretty badly. <laughs> but it's still a great character. And it's after you, and, and when you're leaving Vector, you end up having to jump on the airship, and you end up fighting some cranes, and you get out of. Oh, you have a, a cool minecart scene, which is again mode seven, but good little scene. Mode seven. <laughs> they got to do it when they can, I guess. You know. Well, if he doesn't nonchalantly ran through the sentence, you fight some cranes. <laughs> <laughs> Video games are weird. And this is, I think, where you first meet Sid. So he's waiting for you down in the bottom of the Magitech facility. Or maybe you meet him inside the facility. You mean him inside. Okay, yeah. It's the first first time he's introduced. After Celeste gets everyone out of there, then he joins you. Yeah, because he's kind of there when the Aspers all turn into Magicite. And he's like, oh. So what what do you guys think he's wearing? Because this is a question that's like kept me up at night. (laughs) It it looks like an April O'Neil yellow rain slicker. With a hood, I just see like a du- like a literal like duck suit is how I like. Okay, like that's I, I know that can't be right, but I literally just can't come up with any other explanation. I guess yellow jumpsuit. I don't fucking know, man. Yeah, it's like Mike and Gastel, or he he says he looks like a dog person. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm surprised we made it this far. I'm <laughs> bringing that up. I will always. So since you brought it up, like when I was a kid, when you first see Gestalt in those early cutscenes, I always thought Gestalt was a dog person. <laughs> always, I saw I saw his sprite all this time until later, and I got older, and I realized I've, you know I've actually heard other people say that, and like that 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 never occurred to me. 
like I just like this big droopy mustache. But uh, you're not the first person I've heard say that, so don't feel too bad. I thought he was a dog man with a gun when I was a kid. Dog man with a gun. I don't know why, but my in my world, he had a he had a gun. Fuck it, like that's that's an, that's all the qualifications I need to know that he should be the general. Oh, and before we go any farther, I do want to do the giveaway that I did not mention at the top of this episode. I have been doing Steam giveaways a lot. <laughs> I have too many fucking keys. So I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do it quick. Um, if you want the Steam code for Dungeons Three, here is the code: five T I D F P R seven E D X Y I Z two. And there is your code for Dungeons Three. If you care, nice. I don't know if you do, it's there. So there you go. I don't even All know right. what that is. It's <laughs> I don't know either, but I own the whole set. I don't either, but I hope someone I enjoys that it too. <laughs> and then it's after you, you have, so it's when you, so after you go through and you get the espers, then you go back to Zozo. The game makes you, and this is where they then talk about like what Terra is, and you find you 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 learn about the espers. You find out that one of the espers you have is her father, Maduin, and you find out a bunch of history about where they come from they come from this different world and you find out that a lot of exposition yeah she's an s she's half esper half human you get this whole history of how some woman got swept into a cave and had sex with an esper and then didn't leave and now there's a kid and yeah (laughs) and he's like some sort of wolf man it appears so hey i can't remember the podcast i was listening to but i was listening to them talk about this game and they said that tara's origin story is that two people had sex he's like that's basically my origin story but don't make a video <laughs> game about me that's pretty common yeah <laughs> i disagree with that but okay less common is like your your mom wandering into an alternate reality fucking a wolf and then having you yeah so, well you know. <laughs> semantics <laughs> <laughs> that's slightly that's kind of what happens, but either way i i have always enjoyed this scene I, I think yeah, it definitely cool. fills in some gaps on up to this point. She's a real enigma, you know. Yeah. So it's the first time you kind of uh, really get some gaps filled in. And it shows how it was the how Gistel had got a hold of her and everything. That's yeah. all that was cool. See, you get to see it firsthand. If he was a dog person, he'd fit right into the Esper realm. Yes, he would. Yeah, no, no subterfuge needed. He's a dog person to me. Always will be. <laughs> Even though I know he's not. He will always be that dog person to me. Well, he also kind of is. He is a he's a real dog. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. But he doesn't look like a dog. He's not supposed to. So yeah, you go back. You you get. You finally get. This is the first time that Terra joins you, and you have. And this is also the first time you have the the ability to use the airship, so you can fly around the world if you wanted to and do side quests like I did because I have to. And then you take. You have to take Terra with you, and you go to this after you had the whole cutscene about where the cave, where the espers are. You have to go to the cave of the sealed gate which is where they want to bring Terra because their whole idea is that Terra will be able to communicate with the Espers and the Espers will join us to fight the Empire. Which seems and, pretty optimistic, but I, I like shoot your shot, you know? Yeah, I mean, I get it. I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I think you're a little insane. I think they think this is going to work, but I get it. <laughs> so then you, you go to this gate, you go to this little Imperial base that's empty and you have to get through a pretty annoying dungeon, in my opinion, you go through. I've never been a fan of this dungeon. So. Which one is this? The seal gate. Oh, I like. Well, you get the Atma weapon, my favorite weapon in the game. So that's why it always. This is when everything goes to hell because when you release the espers, they attack Vector because they sense that their that their fellows have been murdered here. Yeah, <laughs> turns out they don't like that. Oh, uh, it, it's it's good though. Like I mean, they just rip apart the city. 
because as we saw earlier, and I kind of forgot to mention, I mean, I mentioned a little bit, but I want to go more in details. Like what they were doing with the Esper, they would drain them of their of their essence, and then they would throw them into a into a garbage chute to die. <laughs> that was their solution. Yeah, it's pretty fucked up. Not much doesn't make any sense. Um, so this is where they also take down your ship, right? Like you kind of you unleash them and like you escape, and then they just you crash. Kind of yeah. go. You and crash on another another lo- continent, yeah. and then you you have to go back to Vector. And this is where Vector has been lit on fire. So, but if before you go to Vector, you can actually travel all the way back to one of the cities. I think it's Sin, maybe, or wherever the Eric ship crashed. And it's quite a trek. But there's a, a small hidden scene with a Sid and Setzer uh, repairing the uh, the airship. If you track your huh. before you go into Vector, hmm. track your ass back to the uh, site of the crash. I go to all three. I go to all three of the town. But I've never seen the scene before. Yeah, you have to go into the where the airship is. It's kind of like its sprite is stuck somewhere around one of the cities. That's why I never seen. It. I never do that. Yeah, you go in there, and uh, there's a little scene with Sid. And it, uh, it's the first time that Setzer brings up Daryl, I think. So you you can learn a little about her before you know the world of ruin. Game. Yeah, she seems like such a cool character. I wish they there was more on her in us. Yeah, she's dope and just uh, you know she's definitely not there more and. Going to the Imperial Palace, you have a scene that I remember, like as a kid, thinking was really cool, and then, as an adult, I'm still a fan of the scene. <laughs> it hasn't changed, I guess. Where you, you like go to talking to people? Yeah, you you go there, and the Empire's like, "Yeah, we're done with war. We're done fighting. The Esper's taught us that we're going to behave ourselves." And all okay. bullshit. But at the point <laughs> of like the whole, like, you have to go and talk to all these different people to try to you know, get them to join, like join the returners and be okay with it. And you have a whole scene where you're at a banquet and you're, and you, you get points depending on how many people you talk to and how you do the conversations. And I did it perfectly. I still didn't get my fucking ward bangle. Like the game, like the guy told me. One, so. I remember <laughs> as a kid fucking hating. So like, it's, it's obvious it's a game like gamified, like the responses. Cause just, you know, the it's a little unnatural, but at one point he's like, Oh, by the way, what was the first question i ask you it's like <laughs> motherfucker what are we fucking why, gatekeeping why, here why are you asking me that and i like how you have to choose the things that are bad for the empire otherwise you say other stuff you lose points yeah like, uh, it's kind of arbitrary it almost seems like yeah but it's a cool little touch and then the whole idea is that after you have this banquet that oh we're gonna work together then they send you with general leo who you saw earlier but now you finally get to interact with him where you are then sent to this town that you have never, no one's been to before, at least none that has magic users that they found. Right. Like, I think, oh, the espers went there. That's what, no, the espers went to this island, Famza, and now you're going to look for the espers. That's what it was. Uh, well, they, they went that direction, basically. Yes. Uh, to, to Crescent Island is where, um, yes. is uh, where they were seeing going, and that's the Thamus is close. So that's like your lead. It's a good part. I mean, it's oh, yeah. yeah, this is great. But like, it's just so funny. Like, they're all like va- just thinly hiding the fact that they're all magic users. And there's a bunch of little touches <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, they they hide it so terribly too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the the little girl's like, I hurt myself, mommy, and she's like, a cu- cu- curio. There, there's medicine in the curio. Yeah. The little girl's like, oh, why don't you cast cure on me? Oh my god! <laughs> like, I, I don't know that. what you're saying. <laughs> it's so stupid. What's good? Or the kid that's doing fire. Oh, yeah, that wasn't you. Didn't see that. Like, uh, it wasn't me. I was thinking this part was from Final Fantasy four for some reason with the kid using fire behind the house. Don't know why. Okay, same system. <laughs> oh, my God. Same system. Um, I yeah, and they the even same mentioned, time, so. Someone mentions like uh, like 
They should have, like, I told them not to keep all those fire rods in the house or something <laughs> like that. Yeah, effect. the house was on fire. Yeah. Uh, oh, I do want to talk about, so you mentioned Strago. You said it. I always pronounce it Strago. I don't know what the correct pron- pronunciation is, but here's another example of where we go by yeah. base what we just thought at the time for some that's reason. Fair, yeah. Nope. But that's just but how it works with the, these games. He's the resident blue mage in, in six. I, I, I don't like him at all, and I don't really use him <laughs> much either. He's always, yeah, he's always a, a tricky thing to pull off. Like they can be good if you learn the right ones, but this seems like a hassle. Yeah, he's kind of a bottom tier guy for me. Yeah, he he won the last people I leveled up to ninety nine of the group I took just because it was either him, Realm, or God. I'm like, well, we'll just take this asshole instead. I gave him the economizer, the Celestriad and in, in the remake, and uh I had him cast White Wind is pretty much all of his turns, so he was always healing. Nice. And he's got get, a, one of he's got an ultimate ability that is pretty pretty useful. But Grand train, right? Grand train, right? Never. I didn't get it this point. I actually didn't. That's the we'll talk about later. But okay. Um. So why don't you introduce Blake? Since you actually like this character a lot more than anybody I've ever met before, why don't you introduce what character yeah. we we get right now after this? We get Realm, the best girl. I I use Realm quite a bit in this playthrough. I can't even Looks explain like th- why I love her. She's just like. <laughs> This is my little homegirl, you know? It's great. And her, th- I love I love her theme. Like, it's just like, I don't know. It's just like nostalgic in all the best ways. And she just doesn't Once give a get... shit. Like, she'll say whatever. <laughs> That's whatever, true. Whatever she wants. Well, no yeah, because she's like, what, 12? Yeah, she's a, yeah. Like <sighs> but don't worry, Edgar the... will wait till she's older. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> he makes a comment that. about something about her growing up. <laughs> Let's, yeah, I, I don't want to know what the age of consent in Figaro is, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh. He makes the like law, he, so like he's, he yeah, exactly. I feel like he's punching <laughs> the numbers there to like an uncomfortable degree. Yeah, so it's just, a line that they didn't they changed a little bit in the translate in the new version, but it's still bad. I, it, I don't it didn't tr- get better. Don't trust him. <laughs> I can't remember what it was, but it's still not good. I know that. Yeah, I don't remember. She well, she calls him lover boy or something to that effect. And he's just like, How old are you? <laughs> it's just like it's kind of that's it. That's the scene, but it's like not that old, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's the that's the literally the last. She's clearly too young, buddy. Like fucking leave it at that. And her special ability is she can draw the enemy, and then it's called sketch, and then they take damage. Infamous for the uh, number of bugs associated with yeah, it. Yeah, the, the sketch bug. Yeah. Well, I used never, her more. What uses? She's a, Go ahead. I was gonna say I never use it. That's all. Oh, I used her quite a bit once. I got the fake mustache later on, and it turns uh sketch into control and then basically you take control of an enemy for the duration yeah, great, of the turn or the battle great way to get blue magics uh for sure yes and her magic and status basically. is just like super high she's a good character i just don't like her there's no logical reason it's just oh and we also forgot to mention that when you the reason you go to fam's is you go on a boat with like i think we did mention like the imperials but you're only able to bring tara Locke, and then you meet shadow the empire's hired shadow and he joins you at this point yeah. to go with you and then he leaves you when you go get Strago and realm so, uh, on the list of things maybe I wish I didn't know about this game, there's a little scene <laughs> there with uh, Tara and Shadow, and I, I can't remember the exact words, but there's kind of like a romantic-ish implication. Yeah. Where she's like, she's like I'm just looking for love, and he's like, he's just there. <laughs> like, you know, like she, just... she she talks about her inability to love or something like that. Yes. Who could love yeah, me? Yeah, no. she's just like any, uh, any. Uh, but apparently, this little scene has launched a thousand uh, fanfic ships oh, of God. T- Terra and Shadow. <laughs> of course, it did. Yeah, 
So that's a uh, there's an expansive universe out there lurking of Terra and Shadow uh, sexual fanfic. Oh, speaking of Shadow, we forgot to talk about a very important character to this game. This goes everywhere he goes. Ah, and that's inter- Interceptor. Okay. His, good his boy. dog is great. Dog. The good boy. He's the best boy. And, and a great uh, some foreshadowing with Realm and how they how Interceptor and Realm kind of interact. Um, yeah, intersects with their story. Randomly in battle, he'll just run up off screen and kill an enemy. <laughs> it's the best thing. Yeah, as like a random counterattack. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if there's any way to make it happen or anything to choose it, but it's always cool when it does happen. As far as I know, completely random. Just a, okay. a, a physical attack. He'll counter physical attacks with a certain chance of interceptor. Yeah, doing some ankle biting. It's <laughs> awesome. And then as you as you climb through, as you're going, as you as as you're on the Crescent Island, you go through a mountain where you find all the espers, and you fight Altros again for some reason. Because just... uh, yeah, I always forget he's there. I don't know why he's there. What he's there? Just, just being a rule dick. three. Yeah, just to that. introduce Realm and her ability more than anything. Oh yeah, because again, it's one of those fights you have to use that ability to get past him. Yeah, yeah, that could be it. It, and then, then you you meet all the esters that are hiding up in the mountains, and then you have a whole scene of you trying to recruit them, and then they're like, "Oh, we will we go meet with the Empire." So you you come, you bring them all down to meet with the to meet with Leo and them, and then Kefka, who was in jail earlier, shows up and starts capturing all these espers that you found in this cave, and then you find out that the Emperor knew about this, and that was the whole plan was to get espers. You guys were just all pawns. Pretty much the moment everything starts going to shit. Yeah. Yeah. It, they fuck up the whole team. You get control of Leo for one point for like a very little bit of the game. Yeah, like just this one battle, and to the point they design him to the point where he has his own special move. Like he was supposed to be a playable character, more so than just this one battle. Yeah, a I mean, lot of theories on that. Shock, I think is the name yeah, of it. Shock. Correct. Yeah. What's the theories on it? I'm curious. Just, just that he was uh, originally, you know, meant to have a larger role as like a playable character, and for whatever reason. It ended up getting cut. And, and there's no way to save him, too, which is there's no way to get him in this game again. No, for sure. He, yeah, he was he was a rumor mill before Aerith was. On exactly. How to, how yeah. to revive him. How, how to revive uh, yeah. Leo. Game Genie Codes. Not, not to be done. <laughs> and you have, and after Kefka and you find out the whole betrayal of everything, this is when he they Leo gets killed trying to save you. Well, he saves you guys, but he dies fighting Kefka. Which is it's a sad scene. Like you see his grave, they they have his grave in Famza. And also in Famza there's a the way Strago joins you, there's a whole scene where a mansion we kinda of make a joke about where it lights on fire and they go, Oh, you those fire rods and that's how you find out everyone can do magic in this town. Yeah. Because they all try to suppress the fire. Yeah. There's okay. also a throwaway line by one of the NPCs that just casually reveals that Bannon, Arvis, and like your entire Narshi uh, detachment was killed like in Vector, like massacred. Oh. Yeah. Oh, there's a I miss it makes that. sense though. Yeah, yeah. You don't ever see Bannon again, do you? Or any of the returners? No, they're all. They're all. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, uh, while Kefka's doing his thing, uh, apparently they're all being massacred in Vector. Oh, because that's where you see them last. Yeah, sure enough. Because your team joins you and says, "Oh, we got out here in the nick of time." I didn't realize Bannon and all of them are dead. <laughs> oh yeah. Apparently they uh, don't care. Right. Yeah. Just <laughs> literally never mentioned again. Because Saban took too long getting back to Narsh. What a dick. <laughs> Ghost train. Can you believe this yeah. guy? Sure, <laughs> man. Two plucks of train, but didn't have time to save his friends. <laughs> <laughs> this game gets darker and darker the more I talk about it. Sometimes, like I didn't, I never yeah. realized that every, every. I mean, I know everyone's about to die, but I didn't realize Bannon and your whole team dies. That's kind of dark. Also, you get a uh, you get Moogle Mog here before you come here. 
going back to Narsh and save him from Lone Wolf. You can, or you oh, can uh, let him. You can let him fall and get the wait, golden hair. You, you can recruit yeah. Smog. Yeah, yeah. I never do that. I mean, I knew you could get him later. Uh, hey, you get him right here. You have to hey, go here. into a room wow. in Narsh where you see the pickpocket from Figaro Prison. You follow him up the mountain, and then he'll be he'll be holding the little Moogle, and you have to then stand away and stand there for about a few seconds, and then Mog will break free, and then you can get Mog to join you, or you can let Mog fall and then recruit. You get a golden hairpin, not recruit anybody. You get a golden hairpin item. Yeah. So does either of those affect your ability to recruit him in the world of Ruin as well? No. You can yes. still get him just fine. Can you? Yep. It, he's still around. Even though he fell off the cliff and you <laughs> sacrificed him for a hairpin, he still will join you. <laughs> it's just a different Moogle. It's like, you're Mog now. <laughs> Yeah, just like <laughs> that's hilarious. Apparently, falling down the mountain it doesn't doesn't hurt that bad. You can he shake it off, it off. They're yeah. Bogs. yeah, he's fine. Yeah, his his whole <laughs> stick is dance, where he has eight different dances, ten. I but they I, all... I got them all, and I used none of them. He's just another berserk character because once you go into dance, he's he's locked into that for yeah. the rest of the battle. He's just vibing. And if you don't use the dance for the train you're in, he has a fifty percent chance of just falling flat on his face. Oh, that's what affects it? Yeah. Yes. I have never known all these years that that's what did it. Because I would. there were many times where I would make him dance, and then he would fall, and I would never know. <laughs> I never knew what the reason he was. Like, my, this guy sucks. That's it. He's not vibing with the locale. Nope. Cool. It's not his scene. <laughs> and then it's after you do this, when you have the whole scene where the, the Empire betrays you, you find out that the what the Empire was up to is they were, they end up, they go back to the CLK, not the Espers are gone, and they end up move. They find these statues, and they do something that activates where this giant con- flo- continent ends up floating up in the air. I forget what exactly did it, but they make the continent float. Uh, Ultron. Okay, I'll buy it. <laughs> and then Sokovia. this is where the game then gives you the last moment where you can fly around the world to balance, or you can go to the floating continent to continue the game. Which, of course, I go to the floating continent because I already did everything else. Yeah. I don't think there, at this point there's a, I guess you could like gather lures and dances and that kind of thing, but probably right. not too many oh. side quests and stuff. Actually, uh, glad you mentioned that because you have to go get one of the dances now before this part or else you can't get it in the world of ruin. The uh, water rondo. Yeah. Okay. I knew it was water something. Yeah. The and water let me do dance. It. Excuse me, sir, but you are wrong. And the GBA can now fight Leviathan. And if he does, and that's how you get water rondo. If you didn't get it in the world of balance, sir. Oh, well, I just wanted to do that voice. Okay. You gave me the opportunity. Yep, I did. I actually have never gotten water Rondo until this playthrough because I never knew you could you could go eat. I was able to go. I jumped. I went to the Velt cave, jumped in the water, went all the way in the Kia, got water Rondo and then had to go back the whole route. Saving goes through, go through the Phantom Forest, jump down the waterfall like Saving did, do all this stuff just so I could go back and get my airship back. Yep, I had a hell of a time, a hell of an adventure getting back to it. It wasn't worth it, but I did it, so. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, uh, how, how many times did you use that particular dance, or any dance? I didn't use any dance. I, okay, I used one dance once, just for the just for the hell of it, never did it again. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah, and then you go to the floating continent, which yep. I was scared of this when I was a kid. <laughs> you were scared of a lot as a kid. I was. I had, I had a lot of fear as a kid. <laughs> as the show has proven to me and other uh-huh. people who listen to me talk. Yeah, I was scared of a lot of things as a, as a child. This was one of them, but it's just it was always one of those scenes that I just didn't like. When you go here, you're only allowed to take three characters, and you have and you go in the airship and you go into a huge battle, like fighting a bunch of different Imperial guards, things that you'll never see again in your life that are cool. I like all the little mechs. I really do. 
A little flying mech. Yeah. Actually, most of the enemy sprites are pretty good. There's a few of them that you just look at it and like, what am I supposed to be looking at here? But most of them are uh, pretty cool looking. They do. They do a good job with sprites in this game. And I actually died on this boss fight because as you go through and you fight all these different monsters, you end up finally running into Ultros again, again with a new enemy, with a new enemy, with a new sidekick he has, which I don't get why, but he has a new sidekick. And this is where I ran into trouble. Not not with the Ultros fight because I beat Ultros. I beat Shupan is his name, I think. Yeah, we'll go with Shupan. Uh, I got my don't remember. I got my ass handed to me after him when you have to fight uh, Air Force. I think Air Force something some. Magistic enemy that just kicked my ass when I played Air, Air Force fight. One. Is that what it's called, actually? <laughs> no, I doubt it. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't put it past this game, but I, yeah, it, it kicked my ass the first time. And then I beat him the second time. And then, then you go on the floating continent and you find out why you only have three people because then you run into Shadow. Yeah. Oh, which plays a big part later. Yep. So <laughs> after you end up having, you go to the floating continent, you get shadow and you have to go through this whole like scene of fighting things. And this is then where you eventually f- find, you find the statues, you find Kifka and you end up where like the game kind of gets like very interesting. Cause I, so, so you have to bring, I think you have to bring, you, you don't have to bring Celeste, but shadow will leave. He's like, I've done so much for the empire. I don't deserve to be here with you. And then Celeste will join you. And Kifka puts you all in like a little like cell and tries to get Celeste to kill you. Well, yeah, because you, you're you're supposed to believe that Celeste is dead at this point. Because uh, after that scene with Kefka earlier, was he like throw her off or something? He hurts everybody, but she's around with you. She's not gone. I know that. Oh, you see her on the ship, and she and Locker and talking or whatever. Right? Yeah, because he he felt betrayed by her. Right. But she had all right to feel betrayed by her. So I I get it. <laughs> I'd feel betrayed too if I were him. Yeah. So one, I wanted a little trivia about the uh, shadow there. So this is the only time that a uh, interceptor will not defend you because, as you may know, the uh, interceptor was left back on Thamasa when they uh, betrayed a uh, shadow. Hmm. So he's not up on the floating continent with you. Neat. That's cool. I love how many little touches this game has. Totally. And this Looks... whole scene with with Kifka where he gives Celeste a sword and then instead Celeste shoves it into him instead. I love this. I love when she's a badass. She's like, you know what? You gave me the sword to, I'm going to kill you instead. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a great moment. She's a badass. She really is. She's one of my favorite characters, too. Yeah, you know, she learned all the magic this time. She was my, my first character to level 99. Nice. Did you cheat for her, though, right? No, I didn't cheat oh, at all. I thought you cheated to get her 99. No, I, I abused strategy. I didn't cheat. Because okay. in the world of ruin, if you go to the place outside Doma and cast advantage on yourself. None of the enemies can hit you. Oh, and you just grinded there for hours then? An hour, maybe? Most? At max? Because wow. if you have just the one character in your party, they get all the experience. Because the game and always every- assumes that you exactly, have a whole yeah. party, so it splits it among all the characters. That's cool. And by leveling just her, you're assuring that everyone you recruit from that point forward will be highly leveled. Yeah, that too. That's what I should have done since I was insane, but I did not. I don't know why when I look back at it, to be honest with you. I don't get why I didn't make that decision. Yeah, but, uh, Live and learn. You had, you had time to kill. I did, actually. <laughs> I had a lot of time to kill, apparently. So, And this is, and then as you, once you do this and you stab Kifka, he kills freaking, he kills the dog man, Emperor Gestalt. Straight up. <laughs> He's like, the dog man, and I immediately went to the like, he doesn't kill Shadow here. <laughs> 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 he will forever be dog man to me i don't know why but yeah he kills him 
And then they start to move the statue. Kefka starts to move the statue, which is supposed to, if you move the statue, it's supposed to ruin the world or something, I think is what they told you. They're what's keeping the world in balance. Okay. Yeah. Balance. Spoiler alert. He moves them. <laughs> Bad things happen. And then Shadow comes out of nowhere and then fights Kefka to try to not let him move the statues, which he doesn't do a very good job at, by the way. Yeah, he tries to like push them. Well, he like pushes them even further out of balance by like trapping Kefka in them. And then you get another timer and the whole continent is falling apart and you have to run for your life to get to where get your airship. Me- get Metroided. You get to get to your <laughs> ship. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. It's I and then you and you have the infamous part where you get to the end of the continent and you have to pick wait for Shadow. And when I was a kid, I thought you had to keep doing it. So I would keep every second walking over and doing it. You literally do it one, you have to just stay there and wait. Yeah. I had no like, idea. I I remember the last time I played this, I didn't know that that's how you get Shadow. You gotta so wait a died. long time. Uh, yeah, down whatever. to the four seconds. Yep. And then he finally shows up. Yeah. And then he'll, because if you don't do this, he'll be dead in the world of ruin. Correct. Which is not good. Well, it doesn't yep. really matter, to be honest. But Not ideal. I like to have him just because you can. Yeah. You're not really yeah, missing I, out. <laughs> no, I just want all the characters. Does he even have his own side quest in the world of ruin? Yes, sort of. I recruiting him, I guess, is his own side quest. Well, well no, is- him talking about the, the visions he has. I don't think I did that. Yeah, if you sleep in an inn with him and your party after you recruit him and to do all that stuff, uh, huh. you get some back some backstory. Nope, don't think I did that. Yeah, when yeah. you find out, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. If that's all world ruin stuff. We're almost there. You know, I could have made this into a two parter. I'm finding out real fast. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I'm not going, going to. But and this is where then the world of ruin. You get on the airship. They move the con- they move everything, and you lose. Keith Cohen's. Yeah. This this is Infinity War. The villain wins. The world's destroyed. Like, stay tuned for the next part. It's pretty shocking, fucking... shocking stuff at the time. Oh yeah, it's really a, a dark moment too in gaming. Like when you think about it, like just what happens. Like who the hell would thought that this is the way the game would go halfway? Well, more than halfway through, depending how you play. Yeah. So the rumor is that uh, basically. Development was so far ahead, it was supposed to end there, uh, but they were just so far ahead of schedule, they were like, you know what, Like, we can have a whole second half of the game if you guys want. And they were just like, sure. So uh, <laughs> They were going to end the game where you lose? That, well, no, no, you were going to win. Like, you would just oh, okay. Okay. The, and that was it. And they were just like, realize how far ahead, and how much time they had. So, obviously, it worked out pretty well in that regard. Man, we almost didn't get Gogo then. That would be almost okay. didn't get Gogo. Gogo's great. I like Gogo too, but it wouldn't have mattered. Not that. <laughs> Gotta get that Final Fantasy V callback. And then the freaking world ends and you see the airship break apart and all your friends get lost. Yep. And, and on that note, I have to bounce. So you guys better come and recruit me. Uh, send me your <laughs> shelf box so I can read okay, it. Later. I'll do that. Okay. See you guys. Bye, Mike. Bye, Mike. And then you end up the game, like, I think it's what, three years go by, if I remember correctly? Uh, I, I think it's actually, I think it's one year exactly. Or okay, I, I, I could be wrong. It might only be one year, and I'm just exaggerating because I am. Can't Some remember. time passes. And apparently this whole time that time has passed, you end up, you get the game, it wakes up, and you wake up as Celeste on a little island. Yes. And it is and one year. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And she's just by herself, or not by herself, she just wakes up. She's been in a coma for a year. Somehow she's alive. I don't know how, but hey, video games. Because fish. I feel like if you've been in a coma for a year and nobody's, you know, giving you any food or fluids or IVs or anything, you won't be alive. Well, Sid has been feeding her, isn't that? He's been taking no, care of her. her. Fish, I guess. She's. I mean, it's, uh, it's such unclear. a depressing scene where then she wakes up and he's like, oh, I'm, I'm too tired now. I'm going to go lay in bed. 
Yeah, and then he starts telling her about all like there was a uh, originally a bunch of people there, and they all just literally went and committed suicide uh, because they felt like they were the only people left on Earth. Because when Kefka, stuff. why don't you find this out? You just find out Kefka won, but you don't find out exactly what he did yet. Not yet. Point. Yeah, exactly. You just know like shit. Shit went down. A few people ended up here, and now it's just you two. And you may, as far at this point, you may be the only two people left on the planet, as far as anyone knows. Yeah. And this and the whole part like this, you have to go and get fish for him. And this can play out so differently depending on how you yes, do it. Correct. I tried to kill him, but I couldn't. He wouldn't die. That's impressive because you really like it takes some work to uh, to save him. I just what, so what you do is you have to go down from the t- from the little house you're at. And you keep collecting fish. So I just kept grabbing fish and some fish I know are bad fish. So they'll poison him. Some are good fish will help him. And I'm like, I don't care what you eat. I'm just going to give you whatever fish I can find. He did not die. <laughs> I was able so, to save him. It's a surprisingly complicated formula for how this works. Are you interested? Do you want to like hear the sure. math behind it? So <clears throat> there's four types of fish, obviously, down in the water, um, kind of correlating with their speeds. You have the, a slow and a rotten fish. They're going to decrease his health when, when fed to him. You have a regular moving fish, which will kind of give him a small bump of health. And obviously, the fast health or the fast fish will give him the most health. His health uh, dwindles at real time. So it, for every one second that you spend in game, he his health ticks down by one. What? Right. Yeah, it is pretty cool. So you can obviously, if you're if you're fast uh, and get lucky with some, some quick fish, uh, if you get his health up to um to a certain point, he'll stay alive. And uh, if it hits a certain point, he'll die. Obviously, but it's it's all happening in real time. Like the demise of Sid is is a, is a real time event. It's a dumb event, too. Yeah, it is. I, I, I kind of do both, but I, I think I prefer, sorry, Sid, but like character development-wise, like to have him die. Yes, just to really I think put it's Billy's better. At rock bottom. Yeah. Because if he survives, you find out he's been he's been building you a raft the whole time. And if he survives, he, you get on this raft and you leave. If he dies, she goes up to this mountain where other people went and commits suicide, or tries to commit suicide, I should say. Right. Jumps off the cliff, which is a really dark scene for a kid's game. Super really kid's dark. Game, but, you know, and then she washes up on the beach and finds a bird with a bandana from Locke, which makes her think that Locke is still alive. All, all correct. Yes. And then uh, finds a note from Sid. Oh, and then he built her this raft. The raft, right. And then you you leave and you end up on what used to be the southern continent where the Empire was. And this is where you then find... Um, you find all the towns, you find Kifka's tower and you get, you get backstory where Kifka had won and then built this giant tower for himself and just started, and you find out a little bit, you go to some of these local towns, you find out that he has a, I forget what the, what's the, what is the light called that he uses to kill everybody? Uh, the light, the light of judgment. Okay. And you have like a giant laser beam he shoots people with. He has a giant laser beam that he shoots people with. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like it's pretty and it's pretty fucked up and you're just celeste everyone else is gone just celeste yeah so you do find in the first town you go to there's someone and i always thought this was weird but someone's like hey i saw someone who looks just like you up in the city to the north so you you follow this lead and it becomes saban but it really kind of (laughs) like do, do they really look so much alike like what's the how that would never make much sense to me no, it doesn't make much sense to me either. I mean, um, unless it's supposed to be they're both strong-looking people, but yeah. Well, no so uh, I've heard this is another mistranslation. Apparently, it it was originally like 
uh, someone who had the same glint in their eye, more or less. And it was just kind of translated. It was like, oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, you guys look alike. He's, you, sh- you should probably go check it out. That would have made more sense. For sure. And this is when you when you get Saban as a good, like, you can, I didn't know this until our conversation today. You can completely skip Saban. I didn't never Absolutely. knew that. Do not have to go into that town at all. I mean, I always go and get him, of course, because that's how I play the game. I get everybody when I play in general. Oh, sure. And, like, he's a big help at that point. I mean, it's just like, yeah, there's no reason not to. Certainly, yeah. he's right but there. It's, and it's you're cool being led the game led to him. And he's holding up a mansion that, like, got hit by the judgment of light, like, right when you come into the town, I think, or right before or something of that nature. I can't yes. remember. Yeah, it, I'm pretty sure it had happened uh, beforehand. Okay. Or maybe, yeah, he's, yeah. <laughs> he's like, I can only hold this building up for so long. You have to go in and rescue a kid that's hidden, that's stuck inside the building. I failed this the first time, actually, this playthrough, just because I got lost. This It's not very big, but I just, just got lost. Yeah. I get it. I can see how you get, you get, you can get lost in it. Yeah, and uh, so that's a game over. But uh, thankfully, was able to save everybody the second time. So you you go in there, you rescue this kid, you come out, and then Saban jumps off, and the building falls. And it's the same building you see earlier when you go to this town in the World of Balance, but you can't enter because the woman's standing in front of the door to stop. Right, and, and you can think- actually do this anytime, which is I don't know if you knew that. Like, so you can save Saban for last, for for example, if you want to. Oh. They'll just uh, they'll just sit there kindly holding the building. I never knew that because so- I go. I always go immediately and get him. And I thought you always, I always thought you had to, but yeah, most, most people do. It's interesting to hear all the different things about this game that like a game that I played so many times over the years and stuff. I just did not know. There's just so much. Oh, that's what makes it so good. <laughs> and then you, you get, you get saved and you're trying and the whole thing is you're trying to start to put together your team to, to take on Kifka eventually. Like that's your whole point and see who's still alive. And we should mention the world, the world map is completely different now that you're in the world of ruin. Yeah, so there's a like a one video that kind of shows or implies basically that things just got royally rearranged when Kefka fucked everything up and changed the world completely. Yeah, impressive which, stuff. Which I think is interesting too in, in itself to see that to see what happened. And the first part of this is very like you have to go a certain route. Like you, well, you apparently you can skip saving, but then you you end up going to and all the towns are different places now too. Yeah, so I mean, they, they kind of slowly dole out access. So you get access to either to Saban or you can't. You can go check in on Terra at this point too. You can find her, although you can't recruit her quite yet. No, but you can fight. Well, he used to be called Fanuba. Now he's a, his different name in the GBA version. You can fight him and uh, then Humbaba. I think in the GBA it is Humbaba or something. Yeah, yeah Humbaba. Okay, I think, I think you're right. So. And then you you fight him and then he'll drop Fenner, which is one of the espers that you get. And then you can then leave, and then you have to come back to get Terra later, right? Because she's just like, yeah, I'm not not quite ready. Yeah, you gotta. You have to wait till you have um, the uh, airship for her to join you. Yeah, as soon as you get the airship, you can you can just go. You can take care of all this if you like. Which I, I go get her right after that. But you have to go to Nakia, which you have to go through the whole serpent trench, which is a thing that you went through earlier in the game when you're underwater. Which I think it's cool that 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 you have to go through. I it's a kind of a cool little beat in my opinion. Yeah, and now it's above ground. Just to, just another sign of like the devastation, you know, that's been wrought basically. Yeah, which again is interesting. It's all hell. So yeah, and I, I do love how like just the pacing of it again. How like it's kind of it just it just drip at this point, just kind of drip feeding you info about what exactly is going on and the nature of things and just the uncertainty of of your party members and the state of the world and like what even Kef goes up to at this point. You have uh, no like, idea what's happening yeah, anywhere. Super effective. And I can't get over how stupid um, the next part is. Gerard. What? Yeah, you knew right where I was going. 
<laughs> it's just dumb. Like, what part? I don't. So you end up, you go to Nakia and you see this guy looks just like Edgar, but his 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 clothes are, you know, a different shade than you remember. A palette swap. Yeah, a palette swap. And he's like, and they're like, Edgar? And he's like, never heard of him. Sound like a great guy, though. And and <laughs> you have this whole stupid scene with these prisoners from Figaro. And they talk about, oh, yeah, we're from Figaro Castle. And we escaped when the world got destroyed and this and that. And it's just, it's just dumb. And then you, you, you have to follow him. You take the boat. You go to south to a cave or south figaro you go to a cave and you end up and you find out like a little bit that these they're trying to get back into figaro castle because these guys want to get the get the treasure out of there and gerard knows like the secret to get in there or something like that right yeah yeah so they they're trying to get in and he just team teams up with them more or less to get access to his castle because they said they they, they're the ones who kind of revealed they had a way in it's just a weird little part and i just i don't like it how he they know it's him, but he acts like, oh, I've never seen you before. Instead of just telling her the truth, like, yes, it's me, but play this part. Like, you think he would do that, not just play dumb. The whole yeah, part. he throws out something like I just couldn't, you know, couldn't break my cover or whatever. But yeah, I mean, it's all, it's it's almost played for laughs anyway. So it's just, it's uh, yeah. I took it as intentionally kind of flimsy. It is kind of cool how you have to go underground where you go in where the, cause the castle had submerged and the world got ruined. It got stuck somehow down there. Right, the whole thing, and then you have to go down. The, the whole what you're up to is you're trying to go down there to then rescue the people that are stuck. Yeah, that's the the real motivation yeah. for sure. Which is it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, I, I didn't when, have a problem with it. At this point, we're moving the plot along. Yeah, we got we got we got to recruit a few people just to uh, set us back on track here. Yeah, and you need a few people to get through the game. So right, yeah. <laughs> and and then when yeah. you when you go to the castle to fight these giant worms. It's a tough boss. It's a. It's. A, it is hard. Yeah, it's I can't. A tough fight. I can't imagine it with just Celeste and Edgar because I've never done that, and I can't even. That's got to be really hard with just those two. It would be tough because, uh, especially because uh, you get Edgar like in a cutscene right before the fight, so you can't really you can't set him up with a you know give him magic, train him up with Asperger, or equip him or anything like that. So yeah, he's kind of he's kinda, yeah he's kind of defaulted, which he's got his tools thankfully. A badass with those damn tools, for sure. And that that is a tough fight. It's, uh, all all the it's like four tentacles and they each have their own uh, like, like elemental weaknesses and uh, you know some absorb certain elements so there's a kind of a gear a check yeah yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's just an interesting part and then this then this takes you because then you go through the castle when they join you're able to move it and pull it back up and you end up where Colligan is now and then you're able to and this is where you get Setzer back then for the first time in the new world right yeah so you uh, yeah a little maybe. Uh, Deus Ex Machina here, but yeah, after that, thank you wander into the very next city, and there just happens to be your friend who just happens to know of another airship. Thankfully, that happens to be like right now, right now, right by us on the same landmass. Yeah, that you're already on. <laughs> that wasn't so all, there before, but now it's there. It's all really coming together for our heroes at this point. And this is because he's all like so broken because they destroyed his airship, and he's like, "Well, there's another one." And then you end up going into a, a tomb, which is like, because I guess he was, you know, fucking filthy rich. So he had built a, he had a tomb where he put his girl, ex-girlfriend in that died. Yeah. And then did, right? I guess it got buried, but now it's unburied. Uh, all a, I'm a little <laughs> foggy on, on the details there. It doesn't make And also sense. somehow there's a whole airship also buried. And a giant stairwell he climbs into to get to it too. Yes. Yeah. Big old stairwell. It's still a cool scene, though, like going through everything to get to get to the airship and you go through a whole tomb. And I, I like it a lot. It is. I like the little puzzle, too. So there's a puzzle uh, 
uh, involving a tombstone and some etchings to get you an experience egg. Did you do that? Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good one. I always get that piece of equipment. Yeah, it's not not a super puzzle-heavy game, but that uh, that one was kind of neat, I thought. Every, I mean, it's just, and then this airship is also, we didn't really mention it. If the first airship has like a black to it, and then this airship is green. Yeah, so definitely a gambler's airship with Setzer, obviously. That's kind of his thing. And um, I, th- I I get the sense that Daryl was kind of more of just like a explorer. So like her, her airship kind of reflects that design. That's a cool little touch. And she and this airship's faster too, I think. Right? Oh. The same? I, don't, I don't know. I, I always know consider that, so. it faster. I can't really say for sure because I play with I'm two speed this whole playthrough. I think they talk about that, so I don't know if it plays out in terms of like gameplay, but uh, that that was the whole point. Like they race, they were racing. Oh yeah, and she won. She won. So or, yeah, and then died. Yeah, <laughs> and crashed and died. It'd be like that. <laughs> but it, and, and this, this is where the game com- opens completely up, yeah. completely opens up. You can you can do the world of ruin however you want to. The game lets you choose how you want to go through the next, and you have to go and recruit either recruit all your characters back or just sit and level. And go take out Kiska Tower, the four or three people that you have, and that's all you need. Yeah, yeah, that's why at this point you could. I mean, it would be incredibly difficult, but you could absolutely go finish the game if you were just really dedicated and inclined. So I do want to ask you, who do you go get first? Tara is obviously my number one. She's like, she's maybe my favorite, probably my favorite character in the game. One of my favorite characters in all of game. So she, she's an instant add for me. I always um, get her first too because she's easy to get. She's easy to get. She's right there. She's a badass. Like just multiple reasons. So that's a good question. And getting like- her back is you. You go to Mobiles and then you go to the town and and you either you saw her the first time or you go here now and then you fight fin- Humba or Finubra, this big green monster that was apparently released. Because the whole thing was when he did the World of Ruin, when he destroys the world, he released these legendary monsters. Awesome. And this is one. Right. Of them. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, so she, of course, has found kind of her place, you know, um, like protecting these kids. So like that, this is one of one of my favorite individual storylines of this game. So like the the first half, uh, you know, Tara is just n- no memory, finding her place, uh, unsure if she can love. And like, I, I feel like it's maybe set up like a lot of games would just take a romantic route at that point. But instead, she basically finds this surrogate family that she's taking care of as like a, a maternal role, you know? Yeah. Um, so it just like it just kind of defies expectations in some ways and just really goes in a mature, cool direction. Which you don't expect for this time. as much. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like she would find a love interest, you know, and it's like, oh, yeah, she can love. But uh, they don't they don't do that at all. No, she ends Sorry. up loving kids instead, which is better. You know, she's <laughs> taking care of kids and trying to be a good person. Yeah, uh, in, a, in a much more healthy way than Edgar is, presumably. <laughs> Edgar's a whore. <laughs> <sighs> so, I like Edgar a lot, but Edgar is a... I usually, I will get Gal, although I don't use him, but he's just right there. So he's, you can, just at this point, you're kind of ticking off a Character. checklist almost. Yeah. For him, so, you just yeah. go to the Velt, do one or two battles, and he'll just go, Hi, Gal, your friend, and just join you. As long as you don't have four people. So there's a, there's an NPC there who will mention that. Like, uh, yeah, like I saw a kid, but uh, we went without a group of four. You know, we couldn't find him. So that's kind of like a hint. Like, okay, Let's take your three people and you can go get him there. Uh, you can see Strago, of course, at this point, but uh, can't quite recruit him yet. No, you have to go get Realm first, get him <laughs> to join you. You have to have Realm, right. Uh, and, uh, of course, so that can play out a few different ways. Um, well, you can, well, in the Velt, on the Velt, you also have the Velt Cave, where if you go to the Velt Cave, 
depending on what you did in the game, if you if you go through this cave, if you didn't rescue Shadow, Shadow Realm will be there instead. But if you rescued if you rescued Shadow, Shadow will be here in this cave, and you end up finding the dog. Exactly. Yeah. So of course I always have Shadow. So it's um you you know find you find yeah, Shadow and he um he dips out on you. You know, he, you don't quite recruit him yet, but uh, this is, you start this the process. But there's an interesting thing that I want to talk about because Shadow says that Interceptor doesn't like anybody. And I never picked up on it till this playthrough, but I'm pretty sure that Realm is Shadow's daughter, somehow related to Shadow. Well, so the definitive proof of this is there's a relic in the game called the, Mem- the Memento Ring. And when you get it, it's on it's equipped on Realm and she's the only person who can equip it okay. except for Shadow. Shadow can also equip the ring. And so, uh, by the way, this is this is you're kind of piecing together, but it is also laid out in some of the um, exposition in the game that you you are correct. Shadow is 100 percent Realm's father, but that's there's a lot of little a lot of little hints like that, like the the memento ring. There's a scene with Strago and Shadow where he kind of mentions it, and Shadow's like, no, you know, something to the effect of that guy's dead, but what he means is he just killed off, you know, Clyde became Shadow. Yeah, uh, but but Strago knows it and kind of implies that he's keeping it secret. Okay, because one uh, thing you find out, like to get Shadow after you do this, you you get there's an item that you find in this cave that you have to then go to the Coliseum, which is a new building in the World of Ruin, where you can bet items and then fight bosses, and you have to bet this item and then you fight Shadow. And that's how he joins you. Yeah. So yeah, an, an NPC mentions that like the, the, with, there's a mercenary trying to find this legendary weapon, so that's yeah. your cue to take that legendary weapon. And, and that uh that lets you recruit Shadow, which I always do, even though I yeah. just, it doesn't matter. I just I want every character, of course, because you know that's how you gotta play games. Absolutely, he's he's one of the first <laughs> ones for me. Um, he's easy. He's a lot easier than I remembered. Yeah, he's not bad to get. Um, and then he and goes he, to Thamza, or no? If you if if Realm if you didn't save Shadow, Realm will be there. Then Realm will go to Thamza with the dog, and when you go to Thamza, that's when then she goes missing. So my my memory could be wrong, but I think Realm is not in Thamus at this point. She no, is in Alzer's house. But if you didn't save Shadow, she will be in the cave. And oh, she goes I see. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Then you go you. to talk to her. Something happens, and you find out that she was taken to go help. And she goes into into Jador, which this guy had this giant mansion that you went to once before, where you go and find out about the Opera House. And then you go there. You have to go through a whole dungeon to rescue her. Right. Which yes. It's cool. Like this whole painting went crazy because the guy used magistite to make this painting or something like that. You find out. Yeah, that's good stuff. That's a nice little. <laughs> I, I never yeah. knew that until this playthrough. Like that's why all this shit had happened. And she's she's definitely early on the list. Uh, Mog is one I'll go get at this point. Uh, although sometimes I'll wait for Locke because there's some narshi stuff that you need him for. You want to talk about the realm up. dungeon real fast where you get realm? Yeah, absolutely. For sure. So the dungeon to get realm is you have to go inside paintings and then you go into different paintings and move you around this giant mansion until you find the final painting where you fight a pretty annoyingly hard boss or and then you beat that and you finally get realm to join you. Yeah. So like there's there's there are some hints I remember. Like even in the world of of balance, someone's mentioning like uh, that the the emperor's having a uh, portrait done of him. Oh, yes. So, of course, that's kind of foreshadowing this. And uh, even there's another NPC who says, like, uh, talk to the emperor twice, even though he's dead. So that's a cue. You can talk to his painting twice to get, um, I can't, honestly can't remember. There's an item, a hidden item, basically. Okay. Uh, let's see if I can I find it. I love the little stuff in this game. 
Yes, then for sure. When you get Realm, then you're able to go and get get Struggle back because you go to the Cult of Kifka's Tower, which is a giant tower. And since you have Realm with you and you talk to him, then he'll join you. Yes, and uh, there's an uh, again just so much foreshadowing. Like uh, there's people talking about the Cult of Kefka kind of throughout, and one of them mentions like um, it's it's said the only thing that can snap a cult member out of their funk is talking to a loved one. So that's your that's your hint that you know. Oh. Uh, yeah, you need to bring Realm uh, to get our I boy. I don't think I've ever caught that before. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I mean, the whole world of Ruin is nothing but side quests, but all these side quests, you know, like one, you get your character back, but they also enhance the character. Like they give you more story about the, each person that you're trying to rescue. Totally. Which is what I like too. And the last thing, yeah, so about Realm, if you talk to the Emperor twice, you get the letter, and this is your hint to Locke. It talks about a. Uh, uh, um, an item capable of bringing people back from the dead uh, in a star-shaped mountain, which is, of course, where, where Locke is. Okay. But this hints all over the place as to where your, your homeboys are, you know? I always go for a Locke last. He's Locke? Hard. Well, he's, he's tough to get, yeah. So I'll definitely get a... So who would be next? You want to talk Cyan? He's got a pretty involved kind of a side quest, uh, but he's, he one, of the, he's up, one of the first you're led to. Like, you brought up Locke. So I want to mention okay. Locke real quick. You are right about Cyan, but with Mog, you have you have to go back to Narsh, and you just go back to the cave where a bunch of Moogles were earlier, and you just go and talk to him, and he's like, "Okay, I'll join you." And I and I yeah, always have loved the fact that something that I would not have known if I didn't know the game that right behind Mog, if you talk, if you go to the rock behind him and touch it, there's a Moogle charm that only he can equip, where you have no random battles. Correct. Yeah. So that's all. <laughs> it's the charm. It's way back in the beginning of the game. Obviously, you ha- when you when the Moogles helped Locke defend an unconscious Terra. You have a, the army of Moogles, right? So Mog is in that group, and uh, Malalu, whose charm that is, and is Mog's girlfriend, is also in, in that group. She's one of the four Moogles in Mog's party way back when. Oh, and, I never... Because they changed the name of the item from Moogle charm to Mulu's charm. That's why. That's her. She's Mulu, and that's her name she in died. the game. She died. And funny story, when the, when the world ends, <clears throat> you gain two items, a boomerang and I believe it's a shield. Those are the items that were in Malulu's possession when she, quote unquote, oh, dies. So those are added to your inventory. That's kind of cool. Yeah, in neat a little sad track. way, but it's cool. Probably a bug or oversight, uh, honestly. But uh, still, it is. It's like almost a, if so, it's like accidentally poignant, you know? Yeah. And then when you get Maw, you're able to go up the mountain, which is, has one of these dragons that you that you will run into. Because you have yes. 10 dragons that you have to kill or so many dragons. I don't remember. I think it's uh, eight legendary eight. dragons. That yeah. were released when the world went to shit, and this is one of them. Plus, as you go up there, you fight Tritok, which is the Esper, they changed that name, by the way, which is the Esper that Terra saw in the beginning of the game, Which and then now you get him to join you or become an Esper on your team. And then you also... Where am I going? And then this is, you go down this hole that you end up, after you get this boss inside, you get Yumaro, one of this, who a giant yeti who has no attacks except for attack. He just attacks. He's on the his own. second one I don't use. So, like, Umaru and uh, Gao are the two that I always leave behind for the final. Which makes sense. Push. I use I use Umaru this playthrough and got him up to almost ninety nine. I mean, he's he can be um he can be effective, no doubt. Not, I not honestly tea. don't know why I leveled them up. I just did. <laughs> That's fair. I don't have any logical explanation for it. I was just doing it because I was like in one of those situations. I'm like I got him. Okay, I'll level him up. Why not? Well, like once you're in the game, you know, like fuck it, might as well, might as well, right? Yeah, he's there, so I just used him. Yeah, I just I recruited him, and that's the last we we see of him. 
but it's cool how many, how many optional characters there are. Like he's one that's completely optional, and you see him earlier in the game because he pops out of this rock and just shakes his. You know, he just pops in and pops out, and you can see him, and, and you finally now get to get him to join you. Yeah, that is neat. Again, just so much like it's it's clear the developers had a vision for the game with just the sheer amount of foreshadowing and yeah, and just just flourishes and touches. It's, it's really we, remarkable. We should talk about science since you brought it up because science the one the game kind of leads you to because you see a bird that flies to Zozo to kind of tell you yeah you should go here. Exactly. Correct. I usually do. I didn't this playthrough, but I normally do. I know when Mike was playing this, he went to Cyan like almost last. I'm uh, here. I think it's a, for, for whatever reason, Cyan was the, he was one of the last people I got. Because I don't really use him, I guess, maybe. And it just wasn't, he was just, I just wasn't concerned with him. I don't use him either, but I still went and got him right away. Yeah. And he's not too bad. I don't know, a little I just... tough, I guess. Mount Zozo is, it can be difficult. It's weaker than some of the areas. It's actually, I think where you're supposed to go next is Mount Sozo. Yeah. So the, game, the game tries to lead you there, but also they, the enemies tend to be weaker where you can handle them better. And you find Sign in this mountain who's been writing letters to this girl all this time that lives in Miranda because her boyfriend lived in Mobiliz and died. And for a lot of people, it's the first time they'll encounter one of the eight dragons and uh, just get absolutely wrecked because a, a lot of people are not expecting that. You have, and you have to be leveled up, or you're not going to be able to get through them. Yeah, they're tough. I, beat them, I, I, did, I did too. Uh, you're right, yeah. Like at this point, so like playing through, I, I didn't really grind too much. You know, just like sheer grinding, and just didn't have too much difficulty with the game overall. But but I definitely remember back in the day, a few sections being pretty difficult, and those dragons were were definitely up there. Yeah, they're they're a bitch if you're not prepared for them. Absolutely, yes. It can really wreck your shit. And getting Cyan is cool. Like he just he joins you. It's kind of a cool little scene. Yeah, and uh, he's got a lot more, obviously. Um, so yeah, recruiting his... him. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, recruiting him is cool, and uh, it is like I think it's pretty poignant. You know, it just plays into his like uh, his character really well. He's got one of the all time like great kick in themes too. Like yeah, when, when that whistle so just kicks in, it's like oh, it's like shit. Yes, so like, much good music in this game, and yeah. for him, you have to go to Doma Castle, and I feel like his secret would have been hard for me to find if I didn't know what it was or where it is. Because it's yeah, kinda, it's, it's, it's hidden. Tough, yeah, it's vaguely referenced again, like people mention ghosts in Doma Castle that come out at night, something to, to that effect. So it kind of clues you into the fact that you need to sleep there, but uh, certainly, certainly not just explicitly laid out for you. Yeah, and, you uh, have to uh, go into yeah. bed and sleep with sign in your party so he has a nightmare and then you wake up and then you and you try to wake him up and you end up seeing these three stooges and then you go through a whole like dream sequence with cyan to him and where he has like faces fears and stuff yeah that can be a pretty tough uh tough little section too although there's some ways to make it easier especially the last boss of it this is like the version of this version's game of like the uh the Ma- the mega sisters you have the the stu- the dream the, the three stooges which okay. are the change? So it's I'm almost it's literally Larry Curly and Mo in the Super yes. Nintendo version. They did change it. Okay, I forget I what know. it was, but they did change it. I know that. I I, I feel like they like keep it's like Larry Gorn and Mobius like like they keep the kind of theme of like the Three Stooges, but less obvious. Yeah, right. Like maybe I don't know, but copycat or it's <laughs> trademark a cool reasons. Scene. With 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 Cyan, where you first you have like you're running around these stairs and you're running around through a fake phantom train and his nightmares and then you're running through mines wearing magic armor for the third time in this game. Yeah, uh, and it is a cool little puzzle when you realize that you have to just reverse your course and that's like yeah. how you get out of that little section. That's really cool. It's a good little it's a good little scene in this game. Yeah, so Cyan, I mean, he gets his story is certainly 
super emotional and like one they they did a really good job with um yeah just like watching him come to terms with that trauma and really deal with it and, and put it behind him and then when you're touching. in his nightmare like there's one point at the end of his nightmare i think where you go back to the, where you end up in real i think you end up no you end up back in reality kind of and then you see his dead his dead family they're like you need to save him yeah yeah <laughs> and that's, they in- it's- yeah, it's, really and they instruct you to go. You have to go back to the throne room and you fight this demon that's been feeding off him and feeding off the dead from the from everyone that got poisoned. Which I believe you can kill with a phoenix down if memory serves. You can, but I think you don't get something for doing it if I remember correctly. Okay, that makes sense. I because I did I didn't do it. But I think it I think it might mess up your chance of getting because uh, Al, you get Alexander for beating him, which is a match another magic another esprit. But you don't get it for killing him with a phoenix down. That's interesting. Maybe you. You don't? I, that's, I, that's what I thought you bit. I think so. I don't remember. I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I always kill them legitly, and I don't know why. I know if you do vanish exo into people, they don't drop things when you kill them that way. You that's for sure. It. Like you can miss out on Doom Guys. I'm pretty sure like that. They changed his name, by the way. Oh, what Doom Guys? What's he now? Death Guys. Yeah. Okay. Which he's he he can be a surprise like go fuck yourself moment. You're just flying around, and uh, all of a sudden a boss comes in and wrecks your shit. Mm-hmm. So like. Definitely cleared out some progress, I feel like, of a few unknown. He's a tough boss, too. Yeah, because he's fought in waves. Like, you know, you take take down some health, he runs away, take down some health. And uh, I think, doesn't he end with Ultima, like, as a kind of death attack? No, he doesn't. He just dies. He just dies? Okay. Yeah. Speaking of bosses that kill you with Ultima, that would be when you, as you climb up the tower that we talked about earlier in the game, the Cult of Kifka that we mentioned a little bit ago in World of yeah. Ruin, you can go all the way up this tower and the final boss that you fight when you kill him, he casts Ultima against you. So let's just talk the Fanatics Tower just a little bit, because it's it's right. to me it's it's basically uh one of one of the one of the game's in game areas, like def- yes. definitely optional. It's an area you can only use magic in. I'm going I'm going to assume. Did you like me basically cheese it? Because it's very easy to cheese. I just use the charm, went all the way up there, and then Ultima the shit out of everybody. Okay, Mo- Mog's charm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. You take Mog, Charm, like so there's no enemies, and you can cast Berserk on uh, the Magic Master. So he, instead of slamming you with magic, just like hits you oh, with his... I've never done that. Yeah, just Berserk him, and uh, that, the whole tower is now basically rendered developed. As long as you have, uh, he does cast Ultima. So there's a few ways to survive that. Life 3 is the most common for me, which to do so, you have to go get Locke first. Yeah. He can be a. If you do that all legitly, that is definitely a very, very tough area. One of the toughest just, in the game. And you also you also fight a, one of the dragons there. The white dragon is there. The holy dragon, whatever the hell it's called, you can fight that. And uh, Edgar's uh, ultimate tool is hidden inside there as well, which I did not get this playthrough and never used. Oh, it's it's fantastic though. So I good. Maybe I don't know how to use it. Cause I've never u- I've never used it before in any of my playthroughs. So it does damage, but also uh, it. On mo- any enemy that can be killed by instant death, it kills them when they next act. So if you use it, uh, it'll do some damage, and on their next turn, they will do their action and then die, no matter no matter what. So um, it can be pretty powerful. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Never. I don't know why. I I got. I usually do get it. This time I didn't bother to get it, and I just finished the game. Yeah, wow. especially he's. It's super useful in the very end when some of your regular enemies are just very OP. Uh, have a lot of health, you know, mm-hmm. um, like he can take uh, all those out with basically one hit. So that, that that's pretty nice. He's a good character. He is. Yeah. I mean, in, in, in gameplay wise, there's no there's no question that he's got to be one up there. 
Saban is if you use blitzes, but I did not. But Saban is fucking powerful as hell, too. Saban was always my favorite as a kid. Like, fucking Saban did not leave the party like, back in the day. Yeah. Like, I, if I just like the, the novelty of basically like street street fighter inputs, you know, and uh, <laughs> like this just fucking beefcake and, fucking everybody up. Saban does have one small scene in the world of Rune that I want to mention where because earlier you found you thought that the you the guy you fight on on Mount Colt when you first get Saban he tells you that he killed their master Duncan. Well, you find right. out that Duncan actually survived and he teaches you the last blitz that you need to learn in the in the in this part, which you can learn naturally uh, as well. By, oh, by if you just mass- level up enough by massively leveling, yeah. But you can get it obviously at any point by uh, having Duncan teach it to you. At that point, it's. Maybe the strongest single enemy attack in the game, if not the strongest, certainly up there. It's really good. Oh, yeah. Bum Rush is... Uh, uh, so, of course, the downsides of the Blitzes is you can't manually aim them, so it does... It can get a little tricky. But, uh, it, yeah, it definitely outweighs any uh, any of the nonsense, just by... See, that's For a lot of people, that's one of the first like 9999 attacks they'll do. Because yeah. uh, it's relatively easy to get in such high damage. And then also another character I want to mention is we've been talking about Locke, so we should talk about Locke. To get Locke, because earlier in the game, you go to one of these towns, if you go in Cole again, if you go in a certain house, there will there's dialogue that mentions how Locke ended up. He had someone that he loved that he failed named Rachel and that she went missing. And right. this is such a so when in the world of ruin, now he's looking for the treasure that can bring her back to life. Yeah, and this has been kind of referenced throughout, like you've known something has happened, but this is when you really learn like this trauma that Locke's basically been been using to justify his sort of hero complex. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a good scene. And that, getting that's him another, back, going yeah, to Phoenix Mountain, dungeon. you have to you have to land your you have to go above this mountain with your airship and land. You have to then split into two parties, which I did not like at all. But it is cool. I lo- I do I I just love the splitting of the parties. I don't know why. It's just like I hate it. Just that ownership of like all right like. Forming teams, being badasses, let's fucking do it. My least favorite part. It is a tough, that's a tough, a tough section, certainly. Another kind of gear, a gear check for, for people. But yeah. he, so Locke, in a lot of ways, is like, uh, no pun intended, he's like, he unlocks a lot of other stuff. <laughs> so once you get locked, you get life three. And for a lot of people, that's the best way to kind of survive the fanatics tower. You get the uh, curse shield. And some other stuff in Narshi that he can unlock get, get for you. which teaches you Ultima. Exactly. Yeah. So a lot of that stuff is dependent on on getting Lock first. So he's kind of a a check. Once you get Lock, I feel like you're basically ready. That's like the game telling you, like, all right, you're ready for anything. Yeah, because you fight another one of the dragons there, and I, I another... did get I got locked last, but getting him is still just a cool moment because like going through that dungeon isn't bad with the two parties, especially if you have Moogle Charm on one of them, so you don't get any fights. <laughs> like I did. Which I did. I always, that's a grinding area for me. So that's when I, that's that's like my main area for like giving everyone like Esper grinding spells, you know. So like I'll use that as an opportunity to like once I've got my first eight people, that's the first thing I do. So get get a party of eight. I like go straight to the cavern, and that's when I start of sort of kind of do my quote unquote grinding. Yeah. And then at that point, you know, just fi- finish up and. And getting him is good because you you get to the end, you get to the treasure, and he leaves, and then you all go with him, and then you then he brings back Rachel, he brings her back to life for like a moment because you found out earlier that this that he had paid somebody to keep her body on as mummified kind of or keep her on ice essentially. I also love that like uh, all the treasures in the Phoenix Cave are, are empty because Locke Most is already are, yeah. he's already he's stealing them all, he's going through, he's opening them all, he's going through the 
through the cave. Which he does. He does uh, provide them for the rest of the party. Thankfully, <laughs> good guy Locke. It's a funny little moment, though. It is. Yeah, it's just like again, uh, like they just these little flourishes that they don't have to do that just fit the characters and just just really good stuff. So good getting him though too. Just I mean, I know he's not the best character, but just getting him is just I love it. I love everything about getting him in this game. Yeah. So like. A lot of people consider him to be the main character of Act One, and like it's it's valid, I think. Yeah, because he joins you uh, so early too. Yeah, uh, and he's like, yeah, he's driving a lot of the story in the terms of like just decision making and whatnot. So definitely getting him back is probably pretty pretty emotional. I feel like he's he's if nothing else, he's one of the characters that a lot of people are attached to, and for for a lot of the game, have to be wondering like where he is. And certainly for Solis, you know, like her whole motivation for getting off the island is finding his bandana. So there's that kind of just like ingrained desire to track him down. Yet he's he's almost certainly going to be one of the last people you end up getting. Yeah. And then getting Phoenix is such a good esper, too. Oh, so yeah. I mean, super great. And just that whole I mean, that, that cave is just filled with good shit for you. So you fight your dragon, get Phoenix. And there's a really good I believe there's a, a, a lock weapon actually in there. Uh, and then like you were talking about the also the other thing you get the the paladin shield, but it has to the paladin shield is a curse shield. We have to do like two hundred right. and so many battles before you can uncurse it. I've never done it. Battles. I did this it this, this the first yeah, this playthrough is the first time I've did it. Because so there's two ways to get the ultimate spell. One you can um choose uh, so in Narshi, after you get locked, this is a good segue, uh, you can <laughs> unlock that and you can get the Ragnarok Sword or Ragnarok Esper. Ragnarok Esper teaches Ultima, if I remember right, yeah, but the so- and the sword can be bet at the Colosseum to get Illumina, the probably the best sword in the game. Before uh, and, GBA, yes. Okay, right, yeah. And still lets you get Ultima by you know going the long way and getting the Paladin Shield. So that's what I did this time, just for kind of completionist sake. Okay. And just to do it? Just to do it, yeah. I mean, just so, like, the the only benefit of getting Ragnarok the Esper is Ultima. So if there is another route to do that, you know, I feel like it's a little redundant. And Illumina is a fucking killer sword. And to me, I don't know if you do this, but, like, this has got to be personal in some ways. But I always, I feel like, at, just to me, Atma weapon is Terra's sword, and Illumina is Silesia's sword. And that's just, like, my head cannon, And I can't... That's just you. Right, I know. Yeah, there's no gameplay reasons for either of those things, but just like that—that—that's—that's that's one of those things that always stuck with me as a kid. Just like, like, just in my head, like that's their swords, you know. So like, yeah, but I don't, I don't do that. But you no, know. for sure, for sure. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with playing it that way, though. So no, yeah, I think uh, it's one again one of the neat parts of that game is just like everyone connects with the characters in different ways, and and. Uh, that's just uh just how how mine kind of developed in my head as a kid. This game was really formative for me, honestly, in a lot of ways. Just uh came, you know, I was relatively young and learning what I liked, and and this just like hit all those sweet notes. So that I mean, sweet same for me. This just, yeah, this game has stuck with me all my life. So, absolutely. I mean, it's uh it was my I wrote a I was a, a writer for a game website back in the day and uh, did a top fifty, and this was my. Uh, it's one of my favorite games, but it was my objective kind of pick for the best game ever made. It's been a long time since I wrote that list, so I maybe have to revisit <laughs> it. But I, I certainly feel like, personally, I would I would still have it pretty high up there. It's still a great game. Yeah, and, and, and it, it, it aged well. Like that's uh, unlike a, there's a lot of games, you know, RPG, Super Nintendo, whatnot games that that didn't necessarily age well, and this one uh, certainly does. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. And a couple other things I want to mention with World of Ruin. It's a shorter place, but there's still a few things we have. 
One, you go to the opera house, you can fight one of the dragons, which I always and, do pretty quickly. Uh, and that's an easy one because that's a it's an earth dragon, and so Gaia gear is kind of a easily available armor at this point, which absorbs like three quarters of this dragon's attacks. So plus, yeah, just cast a, float and you just sit above him. Exactly, yeah. He, he's one of the easier ones to cheese, and I think one of the dragons that a lot of people end up beating first, kind of because yeah. of that. And one thing we didn't talk about, like when you learn spells, you learn spells by equipping Esper to you, and as you do so many battles, you get. And I, you get uh, a bit, you get an like, experience type thing that lets you level up spells. Magic right. points. I forget what it's called. I can't remember all of yeah. them. Uh, I, th- I think I think magic points is right. It's SMP. No, it's some. It's I can't. It doesn't matter. But you get something that lets you learn. <laughs> Maybe ability <laughs> points. Yeah. Something. Yeah. Something my brain is not working right now. And then, uh, did you do Ebut's Rocket all this time, which is Strago's little side quest this, thing? This was actually the very first time I had done it. Oh, uh, I skipped I, I, it. Yeah, I never knew about it until this playthrough. Well, I skipped it this time. I, I mean, it's, so it's like it's not super great. I never cared about Strago as a character. Like, just he either. just never resonated with me. So I just I never I really never knew it existed until I until I looked it up. And it's I mean, it's kind of cool that it exists. You know, like just to kind of flesh his story out a little bit. Nice to give him an ultimate ability and whatnot. But uh, otherwise, it's kind of unremarkable. I feel like. Yeah, you just get a. I did fight the boss because when I went through my trial of Coliseum thing at the end of the game, I had to do it. But other than that, I had no interest. So let's talk Zozo, huh? Or not Zozo, uh, Gogo, I mean. Yeah, Gogo is the only other character we're missing. Yeah. Which you could completely miss in this game. And I guess, as Mike was saying earlier, he's a reference to Final Fantasy V. Yeah, uh, the famed mime uh, Gogo. I known in I that like title. Him. I like Gogo. Well, I, mean, he's, I like any he's Gogo. Versatile, obviously. You know, you can set him up however you like. And you have to go yeah, through Gogo's a great. cave to get him, too. Yeah, you have to get is- swallowed. Yeah, you have to get swallowed by a monster that then takes you into like a little secret dungeon where you run around to try to get him. There's a lot of theories on Gogo. I don't think anything backs him up, but like who he is. Like some people think he's Bannon for whatever reason, even though, as I mentioned, like there's a throwaway line that Bannon was presumably murdered. And some people think it's a uh, Shadow's old partner. Fate's never revealed. So I, I think it's all speculation, but just like yeah, there's that, a lot that of feels theories. very speculation. Yeah, about who Gogo really is. He's just a character and you make the comment is he a man is he a woman i'm like eh, okay i get it it's like the timing but it it never it wasn't until this is another sprite that i looked at wrong all my life i didn't realize till this playthrough that like i thought he was that was his face which actually a mask that he's wearing it looks like a slug like I, I i always thought i literally thought he was like a slug person the first time i yeah i played i was like oh okay not quite he's, st- he's still he's still definitely a face only a mother could love <laughs> for coco but Gogo is one of my final party members, so you know he's got his place. Now he's oh, so, so what do you? Uh, you can obviously you can customize his abilities. So like, what? Do you, what? What's your Gogo uh, loadout? Normally, tools, blitzes, and magic. Yeah, I always do tools and magic, and I'll usually do steel just so I can have a second thief. You know, split between my two parties. That's a good way to do it. Yeah, I I played this this playthrough a little differently though. Tool, tools are just they're just too fucking convenient which i guess is like the nature of tools but it's just it's like so, a, such a damn good ability it's so, though it's so easy to use and just like fucks everything up mm-hmm. makes the game way easier and oh uh i did one thing i didn't know until this playthrough do you know how what determines what magic he has access to because he can't he cannot equip espers as you know i thought it was just whoever other people have in your group that's it yeah in your in your active party like whatever spells your active party has access to he also has access to. okay which is pretty pretty for me i trained everybody to have everything almost in this game yeah <laughs> well when you're grinding like yeah like me so I, i'm just like a uh optimizer by nature so i i can't stand the idea well 
I say that. This game can be very much min-max in the sense that like, by leveling with certain espers, you get bonuses to certain skills. And I never cared about that, but it was important to me to not keep espers on people if they weren't gaining magic. So in that sense, I'm always swapping them around. Just I to would make swap sure. them around too, because I was yeah. going for the gold 99, so I didn't really care, even though it does affect it, because some people did not have max HP or max MP at 99, and some people did. Oh, they were very okay. close. They weren't max. Interesting. I think the only I think there's one thing that we did not mention yet. Oh, we did not mention the ancient castle yet, which I I am a big fan of this little dungeon where you you as you move the Figaro castle under the desert, it hits something and you find this ancient castle you go into that was from the War of the Magi, which I really like this scene. I think it's a good it's some good stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, you know, it's it's I I didn't know about that castle until not this playthrough, but so as a kid, I never knew it existed. Oh. but, but yeah, I've played through it a couple of times now, and it's it's pretty neat. That's it, another choice you'll have to make there. Uh, you get Odin, and then you can upgrade him to uh, to Raiden. But then you lose uh, Meteor until you get Crusader. Exactly. Yeah, it's a, it's a neat little area, and a, a good, just a, another kind of late game area to sink your teeth into. Just more content, you know? Yeah. And then there are the there are the, all the dragons that you would fight. I mean, at this point, we cover most of them, but they're, they're also spread throughout this world. And then it brings us to, since we already talked about the hidden stuff, the additions, I do want to mention a couple of, a couple of extra they added. One, Gilgamesh, to get him, you have to go to the auction house, which we haven't really talked about yet. You go to the auction house, and you have to wait for an item to come on that costs 500,000 gil in order to buy it. Okay. <laughs> and you buy it, go to the Coliseum, you bet it, then you're able to fight Gilgamesh to get him. And it's the same oh, Gilgamesh right from Final Fantasy V. Okay. What about the other experts? Uh, what's, uh, how do you get Leviathan, that? you have to go to Nakia or South Figaro, ride the boat to the other area, and then you'll activate Leviathan, and he'll, and he'll attack your ship just like in Final Fantasy IV, and you fight him, and then you can get him. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. It's easy, but you, in order to even get him to activate, you have to talk to a certain NPC. And then the other one that, you, that they added, there's a new NPC who will tell you to go to this desert. You have to go to the desert and kill a bunch of cactars, and once you kill enough cactars, gigantic cactar will show up, and you got to fight him then. And, and that's that you get... You- Okay. Him as an okay. And then Diablos, yeah, that's, that's you have cool. to kill too much stuff to not worth your trouble. <laughs> is that the is that in that final dungeon? Yes, that you can't go to till you go to Keefka's Tower, kill the last two dragons, then you unlock it. But you need to be like ninety nine to really have a good chance at it. The game, the guy didn't tell me. The guy's like, oh, I'll be over fifty. But as a guy who beat it, you want to be as strong as you possibly can to do this terrible dungeon. Yeah, because in the base game, uh, you do get a reward for beating all eight dragons, but it's automatically given to you, so you don't have to. It's like, still automatically tra- given to you. You get Crusader automatically. You just unlock okay. a dungeon. Okay, got you. But which, but, but to get to the dungeon, I assume you have to like you'd have to backtrack all the way out of. You have to leave Keith's tower. Then you have to fly to a little island with a tree. Press a button, then you can go to it. The game does not tell you where it is. Interesting. Because you know why not? Why would you tell somebody? Yeah, it would totally be unfair. Uh, for sure. Oh, and the other thing, one one thing I did want to mention, I completely forgot, is then you also with Shadow, one of his side things is you can you can sleep in different inns throughout the game, and you as you sleep at the inns, you get more backstory to find about what happened to him beforehand. Yeah, you get his kind of story, and uh, it's it's pretty neat. Uh, he, he he's one. That, I mean, I like him more as like a mechanical party member. I, I never really resonated with his story necessarily. Maybe it's because I love Realm so much, and he abandoned my baby as, like, as a kid. <laughs> Well, I, I hold it against him, but uh, but yeah, it's it's cool. Definitely cool that it's there, and that uh, such an enigmatic ending, ending, character, you know, can uh, can still kind of come through like that. And this brings us to the last dungeon we haven't talked about, 
which is Kiefka's Tower, which the game makes you split into three parties to do. Who are your uh, party leaders, typically speaking? Celeste, Edgar, Saban. Okay. I always go, we talked about this uh, before the oh, podcast yeah. started, yeah. Uh, Terra, Terra, Celeste, and Realm, just like the my my <laughs> girls. Army of my army of women out there. League. I just want to show that you know, like they 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 can lead a party too. Like it's not it's a, a man's world. It's like okay dungeon. Like I used to complain about it because you have to be in three parties and hit a couple switches. But after I did the dragons den, I'm like, this is simple. This is simple. It's easy. It's straightforward. Unlike the dragons den, which is a nightmare of bullshit. So yeah. I had a lot more respect for this tower because it's not that long. It's pretty quick. You go through. You hit. You fight a couple dragons. But you fight a few other bosses. It's not a bad dungeon to get you all the way to the end of Kifka. Yeah, I, I like it. Yeah, not too complicated, but like just enough teamwork to where you feel like, like, all right, yeah, this is like really a group effort, you know, like working together to to take down this all powerful asshole. Like yeah. it just really, really gets that across in a in a, in a way <laughs> like games before Hatton. You know, like you're not just leaving like uh, you t- you take an active party and everyone else is sitting back twiddling their thumbs in Final Fantasy VII or whatever any other yeah, game. You know, you, like everyone's involved except for the two people you left at the airship. Exactly, and even then, you can tell yourself like, "Hey, yeah, I gotta leave someone behind." It's like, yeah, just well, it's, def- it's, definitely good stuff. It's a good tower, and it's it leads them. You fight the statue bosses from the statue that you moved. You have to fight them. You have to fight Atma Weapon, which we did not mention. You fought the floating continent. You fight him again, which is way more powerful. You fight a couple of random things, and then you finally get to Kifka, the final Oof. boss of this game. And this is a hell of a, first. You have a bunch of dialogue where he talks shit about you. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's a real asshole. Yeah, he is. But the final fight, like you have to fight different monsters or different like parts of him getting up to it. But you get to pick all sixteen people that came with you in what order they f- they fight in. Because the idea I that lo- you use your I whole love that. party to take him out, I-, I love that. That's such a good touch, and just plays into that theme of like, yes, this is like an ensemble and like you know, yeah, make your own cast. story, basically em- emergent storytelling. And it's a. It's a long fight, too. I mean, for me, it wasn't too bad. I just ultimate the hell out of him. But I could yeah. see it, you know, a long fight if you weren't completely leveled up to 99 or when I did this when I was younger. Yeah, so I wasn't over leveled. And I I did. It wasn't quite as tough as maybe I remembered it. Like, I, 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 lot, I had two people die, but like never felt like I was ever really in danger of wiping or anything like that. I had one uh, person die, but that was because of he did some spell to automatically kill them and I didn't put re-raise on him. Right, yeah. It's all, with with proper planning, a lot of re-rays, and just like, it's not definitely not too bad. Interesting that the game makes you fight multiple fights getting up to it, or you fight these three different fights to get to Kifka finally, that are all part of him, I guess, how I kind of took it. Yeah, it's, it's really not explained super well, like what the, the fuck is going on. It's like like John Carpenter's The Thing, basically, <laughs> like leading up to, uh, to God, Angel, Kefka. Yeah. And then you finally get to Kifka, and you and that's a hell of a fight, though fighting him. Like it, he's got he's, he's got a lot of tricks up his sleeve, which is great. Like it fits his like this this court gesture. So like he is he's not brute forcing you. Basically, he's a uh, he's just like forever well, in character and just like fucking with you. God, at this point, yeah, he's super strong. He's got like uh, his fallen angel attack, which of course uh you know reduces everyone to one HP. Oh, the the boss in the Dragon's Den, the secret dungeon, he does that constantly to you. Oh, cause, yeah, that would be tough. And I mean, he follows that's... up with more attacks afterwards, too, to fuck you up. See, yeah, that's hard. That's that's when those mega elixirs. I, I'm an item hoarder. I don't know if you are, Same. too, but like, yeah, every fucking game I play, I learned like all my shit that I should have used. But uh, that's I definitely a, that, final definitely boss. calls for a, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but uh, definitely calls for a mega elixir there. 
I, I just I love this this fight though. Like and the music changes and he's just such a badass. Runic though can uh just basically totally neuter most of the most of a uh, final final uh final Kefka form. That's cool. I never did that. Yeah. Yeah, she absorbs a, a whole lot of it. But I mean it does make it, it makes it slower because obviously you can't use magic either, and that's like your big damage dealing yeah. uh, ability at that point. But uh it does just, technically make it safer. I ultima him constantly when I fought him. Right, yeah, for sure. That's Ultima and Flares kind of what I would tend towards. He's not he's not too bad. De- definitely a worthy uh, worthy antagonist. Like I mean, so like I, I feel like Kefka's got a rank pretty high in just the pantheon of bad guys and the fact that he literally wins halfway through the game yeah, just kind of gives them, them. A, exactly yeah a real level of menace that like again fucking i don't know at that point bowser or like whatever like video <laughs> name ganon video bad guys just like hadn't quite reached yeah not many win in game exactly they don't ex- and like literally destroy the world you know so that's like holy shit like it just it really sets real stakes something they would they would continue with with like leo's death and even into you know final fantasy 7 um Obviously, Aerith, death. I just it felt like something that, yeah, right, yeah. It smells like like just something you hadn't seen before. Just like these yeah. char- these characters can can die, and it's just like um, you know, God. yeah, so good, totally. And agree. then it brings us to the ending. The ending, I think, is also really good. Of the it shows the whole team in black and white escaping the tower, and depends on what characters you have with you. I, um, well, every character shows, but it all depends on what characters you rescued or not. If they're going to show up. Oh, yeah. Tons of variations in those scenes, depending on what you've done. I've uh, only seen it with everybody because I've never, I will never play this game without rescuing everybody because well, I can't. Yeah, it'll show the, so the people that are alive that you don't rescue, it will show like what they're up to, basically. Oh, I yeah. never knew uh, that. There's a lot of variation that can go on in those scenes, depending on, on like, so like if you've recruited Cyan, if you've not recruited him, if you've recruited him and done his side quests, like each one will kind of give you a different, a different look at him, which is really cool. There's also um, like it shows like it shows like the name of the character. It shows like a little item that references that character. And then it shows like a scene of them trying to escape the tower. I didn't notice two people die in yeah. this. What do you mean? Gogol falls into a hole, and that's the end of you see of Gogol. He's not on the airship when you leave when you escape. <laughs> and Shadow just stays. He just stays there. He's like, I'm done. Yeah, Shadow basically commits suicide. I do, yeah. I do. Uh, and it's the first time you get their last names too. Like that's 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 the only time in the game they reference, as far as I know. I was kind of surprised because I I just I never put that out, and it's so good though. Like it's a really good ending of a game. Oh yeah, I mean, just like really gives you everything you want. Like sets up real stakes, gives you absolute closure. Like uh, at the time, unprecedented control and how how the ending would go down. Just that open-endedness of the whole world of ruin is just a fucking masterpiece. And I'll stand by that for the rest of my life. And then it shows the airship just flying away with a team that survived. But now the other thing is magic no longer exists anymore because you got rid of all the espers. So there is no more magic. Yeah. Yeah. Although you were worried that Tara might die, but Tara ends up being okay. Yeah. She's fine. Which makes sense because she's half esper. So yeah. Definitely, it's a more or less happy ending for everyone, and uh, you know, Tight Shadow and Gogo, yeah, yeah. Besides them, it sucks for those guys. I guess Realm loses her unknown father, so that's pretty sad. She doesn't know, so she doesn't know. So I mean, yeah, yeah that brings us to the end. <laughs> uh, just like the game, a very, a very long and satisfying journey. I have a few questions, comments, and memories to read. I'm going to read these fast because we've been recording at this moment for over three hours raw audio, so. Let's, let's do it. I'm going to do this quick and just read. Um, Bring them on. 
from Steve Luziter, friend of the show from the I Watched Entire Overlitch Replay Group. Uh, FS6 is likely going to land in my all-time top 10. There's so many amazing things about it. It boasts an incredible soundtrack, epic villains, fantastic main characters. Edgar is best boy, and I will still argue that the opera house scene is the greatest single moment in gaming history. Oh, spicy. From Michael Tolan, I think I was eight the first time I played it, and from the opening scene followed by the magic armor marching towards Narsh, it was the first time I ever felt something cinematic in a game. And I I had played both FF14, Hero 14 and Mystic Quest, so I'm assuming he meant four, as well as some other RPGs, but it felt so much more awe-inspiring and just impactful than I had ever experienced in a game before. It still burned into my brain how amazing that looked, and 25 years later, it is still my favorite game in the series by far. Nice. I I suspect a lot of people feel the same way, for sure. Yeah, and I did get a lot. Uh, From the Final Fantasy VI group. Nice. From Alley Cat, will this ever be remastered and remade? Why or why not? Because Square is stupid. I would say remastered uh, I mean, we, well, we have obviously yeah. there's a pixel, yeah, the pixel remaster. Um, remaking this game would be a real challenge, so I, I don't see that happening personally. And she also I said, rightfully, rightfully declared one of the best RPGs of all time. The world is square. The world is square. Daryl uh, from Mark Kearns. I'd say if spoilers are included, you could discuss how Keith could do something no other FF villain has done. We have. When? Uh, let's see. And his favorite and Mark Kern, my favorite memory of this game is when I first played through and reached the part where Kifka ruined the world. I honestly watched the cutscene thinking I lost the game. I thought that I was seeing some elaborate game over screen and I'd wind up in my last save point. But then I saw the world of ruin and went, wait, I didn't lose. I realized Kifka had done something we hadn't seen the game before. He destroyed the world. Now we have to make it right. That's relatable. Oh, here's another one from Alley Cat. Her memory I want to read. I played original FF3 on SNES as a child, and Mom was really far in the game. I accidentally saved over her file. I was so anxious oh, and afraid no. she got home that day. She took it relatively well, though. Good, good, good. Good for her, Mom. All right, here's one from Leo's Bolin. My boyfriend and I had recently moved in together to one of those illegal basement apartments. Hey, I lived there. I lived in one of those, too, before. Entertainment oh. was expensive, but we've been into Funkland that day and saw that someone had sold back a copy of FF3 for the SNES. It had the book. We took the bus home, all but in each other's laps, trying to read the book simultaneously. The next few months, we did not need to worry about spending money on entertainment. 28 years later, still together and still loving FF games. Okay. All right. Okay. I'll read. There's a lot. So thank you guys for all these. I'm not reading them all because I don't have time because I'm this went long because I knew it was <laughs> Vernon David Petit. My favorite part of the game was going into the underground castle where you are told about the War of the Magi and come across Odin and how you can get a party wipe with a Tomberry down there if you went too early. <laughs> Very true. Those fucking Tonberries don't fuck around. Oh, yeah, they're assholes. Yeah. Uh, from Haziel Herrera, I remember being shocked the first time I played it, even though it was pretty recently, 2019. I have never really played a game before with such amazing plot, character, music, gameplay, and art direction. I remember playing the game all day long and never got bored of it, and the excellent plot and writing made an already excellent experience even better. I never imagined I could like something that much. The only game that comes close to it is Metal Gear Solid 3, but still FS6 is by far my favorite game of all time. Nice. No arguments and- there. Only a couple more. I did from the FF6 of the World of Balance. Uh, Rafael Guadalupe said, Every time it snows here in New England and the snow clouds are overhead and nothing is making a sound, I think of Narsh. Nice. <laughs> All right. From Stephen Burks, here's a good question, I think. What is your favorite party setup? I'll go first. Tiger, okay. Sabin, Locke, Celeste. Whew. So I guess my ultimate party would probably be Terra, Celeste, Sabin, and Realm. Okay. And from Marvin Vahar. Robin Maharja, my favorite game ever. Such a great storyline. Love Terra. Yeah, same. Terra stands unite. And from Jacob Dunman, this was the game that introduced me to the game, to the genre. I spent the summer of 1997 watching my brother get to the end, only to realize, boom, you're only halfway there. The music, the characters, the running from trains, marvelous. Yeah, totally agree. 
And last one, uh, you know what? We're going to call that. I'm, last one I'm going to read is my memory. Or not read. That's right. Bring it on. My memory of this game when I, I think I was 15 or 16, maybe, fi- no, 15, 14 or 15. I had my first girlfriend and she went to Italy for a few weeks. And I remember it was summer. I wasn't working yet. So I was probably 14 or 15. And I decided, okay, I'm going to replay FF6 again. Finally beat the game because I never did up to that point. I did it with my friend who was supposed to be on the show, but didn't make this episode. And I played through the whole game and I was trying to get everyone up to 99 just because I had nothing better to do in the summer. And my girlfriend was gone. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to sit down and play FF6 or FF3 at the time in SNES all day long. So I'm playing it and I was getting everyone to 99. I had multiple 99 characters and I ended up stomping my foot down on the ground or I got up and it made the SNES freeze and it deleted all three of my saves. Oh, no. Uh, and I was done after that. I didn't go back to the game until years later. I finally beat it on the GBA version on a retro pie. It's funny you say this. I, I, I one question. This is something I only noticed this playthrough. I've never heard anyone brought up and haven't even looked into it yet. But I noticed kind of an Italian theme. Like a lot of the characters like seem to have a like, I don't know, Sabin and Edgar like Figaro sounds almost Italianish to me. Like uh, uh, Setzer, Gabbiani, Cher, like. Uh, there's an opera. I never thought about it. Like, yeah, me neither. But I just, I, as I was playing, it just felt like there's some terms, like, like I said, the opera house, and just like, like an Italian-ish kind of vibe. And I wonder if I just, if it's on purpose, if I'm just kind of putting together stuff that's like not necessarily that's there. Not a, I feel like that is on purpose. That's what I want to say. Like it is. Yeah, it doesn't feel like an accident. Yeah, I, I never really put that together, but I, I think you're right. Like, I, th- th- maybe it's like loosely based, basically, on Italy or an Italian culture. <laughs> And um, one last thing that I should mention before we go into shelf stacker box. So when I was playing this game, I there's some there's a dinosaur forge you can do in this game. You can fight dinosaurs that give you really uh, good items. And we, do I we have a way to share the image I made with these people? No, so not that? really. But I will post it <laughs> somewhere. So when we were doing this, we I just went into this insane idea that I'm just gonna I just went and farmed these dinosaurs because they're the strongest one of the one of the you get a really good item if you fight a certain enemy that spawns. After they're very difficult. Someone. Like this is not an easy fight. Well, maybe for you at one, a certain point. It was but it's simple. One of the yeah, it's one of the toughest enemies in the game, more or less. But I had killed over a thousand of these dinosaurs. <laughs> over a thousand. I capped out the beastary that shows how many people you kill at 999. So. so, of course, we had to joke that the Mike was the real extinction event for the dinosaurs. <laughs> yes, and there's a meme I will post. Or not really a meme, yeah. but an image. Photoshop thing I'll post in the Facebook group. Where you so there was no meteor. It was just Mike farming equipment. <laughs> Forever and ever and ever. Like <laughs> I was there for a long fucking time. You, I can't, literally cannot imagine. Uh, I didn't defeat one of them in this playthrough. I fought one, died like relatively early on, and just never went back. Okay. Although I have done it before. It's good to do. And this will bring us to Shelf Stacker Box. And actually, we're going to read Mike's first because he couldn't be here. So I do have his thing he sent me since he had to leave early. Because this has went for like two. (laughs) has kept going since he left. From Mike's words, like I said earlier in the episode, this game is regarded as one of the best SNES RPGs for a reason. The characters, the music, the setting, all great. The playthrough also really taught me how much I love being able to personalize my party, whether it was being eager to get to Zozo for Edgar Shamesall or one of the multitude of game-breaking relic combinations. I always felt like I had a goal in mind to work towards. The game is going on the shelf, obviously, and while I likely won't play it in any particular anytime soon, it has me eager to play some of the others in the series. Nice. All right, and what about you, Blake? Oh, man. Is is DFI an option? I mean, I just... it <laughs> I. I, I don't know if words can really convey like I feel, I feel like it's just it's it is the 
Hall of Fame, the top tier pantheon of gaming and deserves its place as such, without a doubt. Agreed. And I'll go last. This is definitely going on the shelf. This game is amazing still. The GBA version, as much as I don't like the new dungeon, it doesn't hurt anything because the game is still great. Just because you gave me more content doesn't mean that it takes away anything from the other content. Like, yeah. the game is amazing. I will never do what I did again. I will never go back and 90, get almost everyone 99. And I just, this was like one of my few moments in my life where I had the time and I had the ability to do it. So I just did it and I loved it. I enjoyed this game and I couldn't stop playing it. And nice. I'm so glad that we got to cover this for episode 150. I'm, I, it's an honor to, to, to be here. It's something I've been looking forward to for a, for a really long time. And, uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. glad you thought of me. Of course. I'm glad you're able to make it. Otherwise it would have been me talking about myself for a while. So. <laughs> You got to have an ensemble for this one. This isn't a solo. This isn't a solo project. I had four people. I know. Yeah, we tried. I lost uh, one because he didn't. My my buddy, a good buddy of mine who I played the game when we were kids, he wasn't able to finish it because he's busy as hell. And Mike, we started really late, so Mike was only able to be for half this episode. So luckily, Blake was able to make it. I took it on early. Yeah, so I actually started it. We talked about this a few months back as you first broached it to me. So I've actually finished this most recent playthrough probably, uh, I don't know, three, four weeks ago. So I kind of blew through it pretty quickly. So I had lots of time to, to play and process my thoughts and read uh, read lots of trivia and stuff. So I was uh, I was prepared, safe to say. All right. And I should introduce what we're talking about next week. Next week, we have a very special episode. We're, we're covering Rise of the Argonaut for... Xbox 360 era. And the reason why it's special is because I have someone who worked on the game and be joining me. Ooh. So hopefully it doesn't fall through because I don't always announce that ahead of time, but I'm pretty sure it should be fine. So you'll be joining me for that episode. That's neat. I'm excited. It's the whole reason I'm putting the game on the show. I've never heard of it. With someone that worked on. I'll have to I'll have to listen to get the inside scoop. Plus I like the game a lot from when I when I played it back in the day. So we'll see if that holds nice. up. I'm nice. gonna I started replaying it. And as I forgot to mention at the top of the show, we do have a Patreon going on right now. For as little as a dollar a month, you can go join our Patreon and you can vote for what movie we're going to cover for Christmas coming up here for our Christmas month for December. It can be either Elf, Nightmare Before Christmas, A Christmas Story, and I forgot what the other one is. So go check for a little dollar. You get to go vote in what we're going to cover. So definitely is it go. Die Hard? Do you consider Die Hard a Christmas movie? I do, but it's not Die Hard, no. Okay. <laughs> Home Alone, that's what it is. No, oh, nice. Okay. So yeah, so a little doll, you can go do that if you want to go help out help out the show. And I want to give a shout out to her awesome intro and outro, courtesy of Helena at Hell Hath Fury. You will see a link to her TikTok in the show notes, so definitely go check that out. Shout out Helena. <laughs> and I also want to thank everyone for listening. And please follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and on YouTube. We are on YouTube. Only audio, but we're there if you want to hear your podcast on YouTube, like people do. So definitely go check that out. And I think that's everything I need to say. I've said a lot, so <laughs> we're over three hours. <laughs> we got a lot. A lot of content. Yeah, I knew this was going to be a long one, though. That's why originally it was going to be broken into two parts, but that didn't work yeah, out. So For sure. All right, so we will see you guys all next time. Oh, and I also want to get one last thing. I want to give a shout-out to awesome my buddy, Bill Tucker, who did the, who started his own podcast, Gamer Looks at 40. Definitely go check him out. You'll see a link in the show notes. That is everything I need to say. We will see you guys all next time. I need to go drink some water and stop talking. Peace. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs>